So let me ask you this. What did your parents say when you switched switch career? Oh this? man, that's okay. So I'm <laughs> first generation immigrant and my parents are in their seventies at this point. So yeah. they're very old school. So understand that me changing careers is like, you're going to do what? <laughs> Wait, why? I know exactly you how you feel. You just yeah, going to take yeah, a break. Yeah. Are you going to go back? Because you're going to, you know, because you're either a doctor or lawyer, an engineer or fuck up. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's no other thing. There's no other thing. There's no, there's no other thing. Hey there, welcome to the Gluten-Free Organic Thoughts Podcast, where you are encouraged to express your natural thoughts and views through casual, meaningful conversations that hopefully can lead to learning and understanding new perspectives. To find out more info, visit www.gfothoughts.com. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Wong and Robert Din. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another great episode of Gluten-Free Organic Thoughts. And today we're going to have a special guest here, and we're going to discuss an uh, interesting topic where it connects to each other, generation wealth, and a little bit about wealth gap. And on top of that, we're going to touch base again with real estate. So today with us, we have Elizabeth Harris with us, and always with me, Robert Dan. What's up, everyone? Good to be back, back on recording again with uh with someone. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> Elizabeth? What are you What are you drinking today? Uh, I have a Manhattan made Manhattan. in house. Wow! Wow! Ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Wow. You made it with makers. What else? I made it with makers, um, bitters, and I always mess this up. The I have to look at it. Tribino. Nice. Is that one of your favorite drink to go? Just wondering. That is that is my that is my classic. That's the drink oh, I always that's go to. Easy go to one hitter quitter. I used to love uh, good old fashioned until three years ago, and uh, what someone, happened? Someone, it's got to be a story. So, 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 story. Someone ruined it for me. They just said, "I'm gonna end that right there." <laughs> they give you like a, a tall boy of it. <laughs> tall boy. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking this rosé, rosé all day. This is uh right here. This is called uh three by Wade. It's Dwayne Wade's uh winery. Oh, how's that? Uh, I mean, it's all right. It's it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I like it. I just like rosé though. I think it's um uh, but like we had we had a, a wine tasting with uh mm. Portia and Liz was there. Um, nice. it was all like black owned wineries that we had a, a wine tasting on, and this was yeah. one of them. And this was everyone's like least favorite. But it was my favorite. It was my favorite because I like rosé. <laughs> I mean, you like rosé. That's a different story. Rosés, rosés are good, but they have a range, so it's not a terrible rosé. Hmm. But I've had better, you know, a little bit more, a little bit of flavor. You know, just a tinge bit more sweet. <laughs> That's it. That's all. Wait, hang on. Let me ask you this: Where is Dwayne Wade's winery from? Where did the piss out of? It is <laughs> Napa Valley. Yeah. Oh, Napa Valley. Okay. All right. So it's not. Not an unknown area. Let's just be honest. So. Nope. But it, he might want to check in on those grapes, though. <laughs> Sorry, Gabby. Sorry, Gabriel Union. I, love <laughs> I mean, they, they do have a house in LA. It's not that far from them. Okay. So what? LA and and San Francisco. It's not that far. <laughs> it's an hour and a half. It's like an eight-hour drive. I mean, first of all, they probably have a helicopter to probably just fly there. <laughs> a private plane. Let's just be honest. All right, it's an hour plane. You know what? Okay. I took the train once from LA to San Francisco. I don't remember how long it took, but it was a nice view. I heard it's gorgeous. 
beautiful, especially yeah. the ride up. The, the Amtrak, right? It's, her, yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah. 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 Ride along the water on the train. A lot of it. Uh, yes, you go through like the, I guess those, the coastal mountains there. Yeah. You yeah, go through yeah, them, yeah. you know, like a beach view. So I actually went from LA all the way to Seattle, actually. And oh, wow. Down to um, San Francisco, but that was back when you could go outside. <laughs> <laughs> okay, soon, soon. All right, Liz. Well, welcome down to the show. Thanks for, you know, your time. Yeah. Um, I know that you've been, you know, started doing some real estate stuff uh, in the field the past couple of years. First of all, let's little you know a little background about yourself for the listeners. Uh, I mean, obviously, you probably didn't start off real estate, or you may have. Uh, I mean, just want to know, you know, what got you into this? Uh, so, what kind of passion? You know, a little bit more about yourself. Gotcha. Uh, so, I would say more so an interesting turn of life events. Um, I actually was in medicine prior to going into the mortgage industry. I oh, was wow. in medical school. I was second year med student. That's a one eighty, by the way. There's a whole different. You know what? <laughs> Surprisingly. There's a lot of parallels, which I know some <laughs> folks will not want to hear between medicine and the mortgage or finance industry. But wow, really? um, it, b- basically, the summary of it is um, there will be a podcast coming later about this. But the summary is that I could not. Uh, it's taking a bit of a toll on life in general. Um, medical school, it's not easy. And first person in my family to go. So from a very just a generational standpoint, there's not a lot of passing on of that knowledge. It becomes a lot to manage mm-hmm. finances, mental health, balance. Yep. And I have plenty of friends who are in it now who are ready to retire. Right. <laughs> so, um, and they're not that much older than us, probably. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So that's yeah. you know, there's a lot of things there. So, but let's uh, before that, I'm ready to retire. All right, and I'm not in medicine, so you know, like. <laughs> But you might look like Benjamin Button if you were, though, just so we're clear. So be happy you still have <laughs> your good, youthful skin going here. That's true. <laughs> um, but uh, so the transition, really, I end up leaving medical school um, through an interesting turn of events. Because when you're not in school, you don't have student loans. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. have any income, actually. That's true. <laughs> Funny yeah. story. You find yourself um, on food stamps and having to go to job training where I was living at the time, which was in Camden, New Jersey. And through that, my job training teacher, yep. mm-hmm. his wife worked at a mortgage company and they were doing training for yep. folks who had never been in the industry. He sent over my resume, got an interview. That was like five, six years ago. The rest is history. Been doing wow. mortgage. Wait, so hang on, just that training alone. So it got you hooked like that? Like what, what kind of training is about? What what did you go what did you learn out of that? Um so they basically educate you about the, the mortgage industry okay. from all of the regulations, the different types of um laws, everything in regards okay. to lending from you know fraud to um money laundering to um anti-redlining discriminatory yep. acts, just all of the things that got put into place history. We talked about the different crashes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, especially the bubble pop of 2008, which is like the huge yeah. thing. So yeah, that, that training was pretty, that was a lot of reading, not nearly yeah. as much reading as medical school. So let's just say I took a lot of my skill sets from being <laughs> to go to medical school mm-hmm. and retaining information. And then I had already, I'd already well, attention to details too, probably to be yeah. honest. Oh yes. Oh yes. yes. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, and that kind of just helped me kind of absorb the information and I already had a thing for people I, I'm yeah. working in medicine is always about people I worked in community-based medicine for a while um before I went to medical school yeah. so kind of just so let me ask you, did, did you have an interest in that in the first place so no 
I didn't have an interest in mortgages. Uh, okay. I had no real solid <laughs> education in it aside from my parents have a mortgage. Yeah. Um, I want to buy a house one day. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah. That, that's about it. So I really did take it from a personal standpoint, took a complete 180 in regards to career path. But it's been, it's been one hell of a ride. You said, you said there's similarities between medicine yeah. and real estate or like mortgage uh, mm-hmm. industry. Like what? What similarities are, are there that you're Yeah, if you name three of them, just make top just like three or five. Oh, uh, pecking order, um, lack of diversity, and um, being overworked. Being overworked. Being overworked. Wait, hang on, hang on. I want to hear this part first, being overworked in the mortgage industry. <laughs> <laughs> so when you are, it's, it's hunting, as you're here from what they yeah. call the old boys club, right? What you eat, you kill. So okay. from a sales standpoint, I don't, if I don't close deals. I don't eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that means I'm constantly networking, leveraging my, who I know in my network, finding new yep. ways to advertise, put myself out there. So that's, it's, you're really like a business. But you're owner. on the sales side in a sense. That's yeah. I'm on the sales side. Yep. I'm, I'm hundred percent sales. So okay. that constant pushing and going, which I do enjoy as a hustle that's, you know, yeah. invigorating, mm-hmm. but that's, that can be a, 10 to 12 hour a day sometimes depending on where you work and what market you're in yeah. in regards to real estate so so are you more towards commercial or, or residential so i'm residential residential okay yeah. gotcha and do you have a demographic you tend to target i was wondering uh to be very honest first time home buyers and a lot of my clients 85 percent of my clients are minorities brown black indian gotcha. Hispanic. So, and let me ask you this. Do you technically work for yourself? You work for a company? How does that work? This one, like a little background for folks who doesn't know how to do this work. Gotcha. So okay. I work for a company. You're mm-hmm. always going to work for a mortgage broker, a correspondent yep. lender, or a bank. I yep. work for a company who's a correspondent lender. I'll leave them out of this for right now. I just go to my yep. Instagram. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a loan consultant under that company. Got but it. all my business that sources, as I source it. So they don't necessarily give me business. I so, so they don't, so did they provide some leads, at least a head start? No. So oh, okay. they provide like funding, like that's what they're providing. Yep. They yeah. fund, they fund all the business I bring in, they fund it and they service the loan. But in regards to leads, so you can ask them or sign up for leads with them, yeah. but you have to understand when someone's handing you a bunch of leads, they're usually not quality. Probably bad gotcha. leads. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're 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 not always quality. You're not always going to get the top pick of the litter. So for me, I'm going to source my own business, which means I'm networking with realtors and you know uh, other first-time home buyers. You know, just out there marketing. Yeah. Okay, so so I mean, obviously, that's just building leads. It takes time. Uh, that makes sense. You know, the amount of hours you could have put in, and then not only that, you got to make sure you can close those leads, mm-hmm. and then and then hopefully yeah. and then you build that relationship hopefully you get enough referrals from that too as well probably. yes yeah. there it is it's a, it's a revolving door of business so it's yeah. important you're constantly i call it you're constantly on you're constantly building so you're always your your brand is who you are and what you yeah. do in your character and relationships you build so relationships are super important which are important in medicine so yeah. you, re, you relationship build with your with your patients mm-hmm. our relationship build with my clients yep. um you can absolutely raise your blood pressure in two magnificent ways either <laughs> meal or making a poor financial decision so um it all works sounds like experience by the way <laughs> i'm vegan so i tend to eat good meals but <laughs> okay, I, have good. Made, I have made some poor financial decisions <laughs> Listen, we're long. all guilty of that we're all guilty of that <laughs> so I, I feel like i mean they just maybe another conversation uh financial literacy because i feel mm-hmm. like that's a big thing uh, mm-hmm. but, i mean but i feel like 
they don't teach you that school. I think each of us have to learn that on, on our own. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely have to learn that on your own. Also, I had my parents were always like, oh, like we're like very stringent on like our budget and stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of like the budgeting side comes from them. But then like managing your money after Definitely. after that, <laughs> after your budget, like who knows? Yeah. Like none of us knew that. I have a hard time applying my budget to my spending. I just <laughs> <laughs> like you have you have the app, right? You have the app. You I have, have the-, the app. I have everything, but applying it. <laughs> put them in story. No, it's- listen. Um, Robert made such a great point about parents, and the thing yeah. is, like, because I work with a lot of first-time home buyers and a lot of my clients are minorities, sometimes that there's a disconnect in what your parents did and what your parents oh, sure. did and what they communicate, yeah. and then putting it into practice so a lot of it I a lot of my clients I spent a lot of time like counseling from the mortgage side like hey here let me look at your credit report let me look at your your debts yeah here's some things that aren't making sense where's your bank statement like Mm -hmm. why are you ordering so much out and you want to buy a house in three months like it's it's a hard conversation but I'm literally is it's a reality check sometimes to be honest yeah oh man my parents hate credit cards, and let me tell you, I don't know who had to buy the first house. I don't want to know, but and, and uh, but they hate credit cards with a passion. They, no, they got they. they yeah. our, so I think our parents are like, oh, we're gonna save up like yeah. a ridiculous amount of it's money, and cash, then we yeah. have all this cash, and we just put it as a huge down payment, and then we yeah. can get it. We can get it, no problem. And, but but that's how the practice was back in in their generation, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's how they yeah. were taught. So yeah. And the crazy part is there's nothing wrong with saving up a lot of money and say, I'm going to put down a large deposit as long as it doesn't leave you cash poor later. Because the the challenge with that is in our day and age for us, our generation is we want to have enough money. We were taught that save a lot of cash, just pay cash or pay down. But now you have to learn how to leverage your money in other ways while still getting the best deal on your financing so that you're not cash poor and you're still able to buy assets. Correct. And I think that conversation we could talk about a little bit more about when we talk about generation, uh, generation mm-hmm. wealth. Absolutely. But, you know, so going back to your background, right? Like, I don't want to get too far off topic where, so it sounds it sounds like you've been doing this for, uh, for a little bit now. So what have you learned so far? I'm just wondering, like, what have you, like, what is, if you could think two things or two, two or three things where you didn't expect to learn, but you learned it on this project because of a mortgage consultant? That people are poorly educated about finances. And I know that's like a no brainer, but that was yeah. the number one thing that I, I picked up on instantly. Yeah. The lack of knowledge at all age groups, not just our age group, not just our parents, some of our yeah. grandparents, people just don't know. They don't know. And there's so much misinformation. They there's don't a lot of misinformation to, out there for sure. Yeah, they don't know who to go to. There's too much misinformation and it, it leads to people making poor decisions and sometimes getting into what I call predatory lending situations on all levels. I feel that way about student loans. Can you, can you define to... that a little bit more? So can you, can you define that with predatory? So predatory lending is when you are given, uh, you are offered lending terms that are actually not a benefit to you, either extremely high interest rate or fees being charged on a loan, whereas someone else may have gotten something better where it's a better financial situation, meaning it's not costing as much. The rate isn't as high. You're not ending up with lump sum payments out of the blue. So predatory lending typically Sounds are- Sounds like it happened with OA crash. <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's, it's still, ha- it's still, still happening. happening. Still yeah. happening now. It definitely yeah. happened in the OA crash, but it's, it's, still, it's still happening now. Okay. Surprisingly, with the CFPB and all that involved, um, there's there's a lot. So when I say that's that's the huge- Number one thing that I learned about right. being in the lending industry, just not enough education at all. Yeah. And if they um, had that education, they wouldn't be 
in these situations. I, mean, I, I, I right? think they'd they be more they aware of be, it. Yeah. They'd, be, they'd be more aware for sure, though. They'd be more yeah. aware of like this is this practice. Like we like we can get a better deal versus yeah. before they didn't know. So they're just like, oh yeah, we'll just take it because that's what they offer. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, the second thing I learned, which I'm always going to tie back into my my, med- my medical background, mm-hmm. is that truly medicine is a corporate entity. Finances and mortgages are a corporate entity, and the reason why they get along so parallel, so well, is because they're both corporate entities. No matter how you want to look at it, someone's going to slap my wrist on it. But it's that's the that's the one thing that my brain was like, oh man, this is the same thing, only one's dealing with your healthcare and one's dealing with your financial care. <laughs> so um, that was two, and I guess third was um, I actually enjoy it a lot. Mm. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I definitely bitch a lot, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> right now. I, I feel like. I feel like we all do. I uh, we do that on our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we hate it or love it, it just not. I mean, it's not gonna always be happy. There's always yeah. gonna be parts of your job that you're not gonna like. Like yeah. every job, yeah. there's no job yeah. that like everyone loves every I, part as, of it. As long as you're, you know, you're positive, I wish you're negative. I think that's what it is. That, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. that out, it'd be good. And, so. and those are my clients. It's once I'm able to get a client into a home. And I know what that means for them. What I know what that means for their family, their legacy. Then I'm like, all is well with the world. I don't hate the back. Off. Okay, we're fine. Now we're good. <laughs> and then Monday comes and it's like, what foolishness is this? Today? <laughs> so let me ask you this. What did your parents say when you switched to your sixth career? Oh, man, that's okay. So I'm a <laughs> generation immigrant. Yep. Um, and my parents are in their 70s at this point. So yeah. they're very old school. So understand that me changing careers is like, you're going to do what? <laughs> Wait, why? I, I know you exactly sh- how you feel. You're just yeah, going to take yeah, a break, yeah. right? Are you going to go back? Because mm-hmm. you're going to, you know, because you're either a doctor or lawyer, an engineer or fuck up. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's no other thing. There's no, other thing. There's, there's no, there's no <laughs> other thing. This literally became a, and, and it was a, it was a thing for me as well, to be very honest. It's, you know, my parents were expecting one thing. I was expecting one thing, you know, it's like that. It's the oh, this is the guarantee. You're gonna be a doctor. You're gonna have the money. You're gonna be fine. Is <laughs> she okay? We don't yeah. have to worry. Great, our retirement plan is solidified. <laughs> <laughs> retirement plan is not solidified. Uh, a couple changes, guys. Um, and it was just it was a rough, at least for me, mentally and emotionally, it was a rough transition because again, yeah. we're talking what eight years of training to get you of know. Course. It's, it's, yeah, a it's crazy. It's, it's a journey for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, they had a hard time um, adjusting to that and just with the expectations of like, yeah. well, what's next? What's your next plan? And then the anxieties about, oh my God, you're going to fail. What do we tell the family? So how um, long did it take them to get used to it? I was wondering. Um, I would say probably two to three years because it took me, it took me a moment to just say, I'm not going back to medical school, you know, because oh, I was okay. like, maybe I'll go back, you know, but yeah. once I was like, I'm not going back. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, so this is probably what year two, gotcha. two and a half at this point. And I was like, I'm not going back, and they were just kind of like, <laughs> okay, okay, like there's don't, not much they can do. Just don't move back home, you know. And uh... <laughs> well, I did not. Um, <laughs> that was that was that was non-negotiable because that's a lot of stress, uh, yeah. as you know from your your folks when they come yeah. here and they're just like, we have this plan and dream for you, and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I was asking that question is because I encountered a similar situation where, so I was studying engineering, right? And then I tell them, oh, I don't want to become an engineer anymore. And my parents just 
kind of freaked out in a sense, like their own way though. They're not like, they didn't go out of the way, like, oh, start yelling at me or anything like that. Yeah. You can tell that they were passively poking, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, like that kind of, that kind of passively poking. And, and I'm about, I'm about to do this again soon to change career. And I just don't know how they're going to react because they're older. So, <laughs> so I can't wait. I, first. I mean, just, I mean, they've already gone through one career change, right? So they they got to be like, okay with it or like be like, all right, maybe Mike knows what he's doing. Listen, just, just slide them, just slide them a large sum of cash and just go about your day. Don't even say anything. Just- That's what I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same exact thing. Just write a check, quickly sleep. <laughs> uh, okay, at least he has money to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just slide him the check. Say nothing else at this point, and then just let everything happen. Like that's one thing I have learned about some decisions. Um, because yeah. I also started like a, a small brand business as well that I'm yeah. working on flipping around. I just don't talk about too much anymore. Like I just make moves, put things in place, <laughs> and then every once I figured out all the issues, now I don't have to worry about their anxiety. Listen, they don't pay for anything. They don't have cable. They got Netflix, yeah. Disney Plus. They're fine. Yeah, yeah, fine. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't say my my parents did the same thing when I switched from from pharmacy over to finance, and they didn't they weren't as subtle as yours were, Mike. They were they were pretty much saying I was gonna play out and be a be a a broke teller at a bank or something. That's what they're <laughs> that they're they're pretty sure that that was my career path for going to finance. So, <laughs> but you know, like after a while, like now that like I'm yeah. living fine, they 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 never say anything anymore. So. I think I think after a while, they have to trust. Right, well, right. They saw, they saw where you live. That's why they saw how I live. <laughs> Let's not tell the the, the, the yeah, people. Just, just all right, live. I live I live very poor life. Okay, <laughs> humble life over here. Okay, <laughs> no, but no, they so like now I think that they're that they understand that. Uh, we we go, we've gone through like what we we've gone through and like we kind of like we know what we're doing and and like not having to go back to them and like. Uh, and like ask them for for help. I think that they understand that we're doing okay. And it's not, it's not. Well, yeah. also I, I feel like uh, they kind of want for us to ask them for help because I feel like when especially when they're retired, they got nothing else to do. They're like, hey, do you need help? Anything? Do you oh, need they're, help? They're bored, so they want. They're they, bored. They, they not, not only that, okay, <laughs> I've gone back to my parents a few times already since COVID happened. They're like, hey, do you need cash? Do you need anything? And I'm like, no, I don't need cash. Mm-hmm. I don't need anything. I'm okay. You know, like, so like, it's literally like they're, you know, they're trying to, obviously for them, especially when they're retired, they're trying to still connect with you as much as they can, but they're probably slightly bored and they're probably not in their, you know, in that page where they're getting ready to turn to the next chapter. So for, for at least in my experience right now, like they're still kind of possibly packing. Hey, what are you doing right now? Mm-hmm. What, are you gonna keep working for a job for the next ten years? You know, it's still slightly poking here and there. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm literally getting the the. All right, so are grandkids coming? To <laughs> that I get that. I a get lot. that all the time too. That's <laughs> for sure. You know, you have grandkid money because I. Is there grandkid money? Are you babysitting? Are you, <laughs> are you are we all moving into one abode? Or do you have a husband lined? I just need a couple of things I need answered. There's a couple of steps there that we're missing. A couple steps here. Yeah. This is like child care and daycare and the pregnancy part. Just, just help me understand what yeah. role you want to play fully before I take that. That's that boredom. Uh, we were talking before, like, I can barely keep this plan alive. And uh, I definitely don't think that. I can keep a baby alive. Um, I mean, my my mom's listening, so uh, that's, <laughs> hi, Robert. Surprise! Mom. Like that's surprise. Uh, 
that's my ideas right now. But yeah, it's <laughs> definitely not Iron ready. Man. I mean, you got the little Iron Man plush toy. I think you're off to a great start here. <laughs> there we go. I got, toys. got the Iron Man plush I got toys plenty here. of toys, all right? If, you, if, if, you know? if that's all you need for a kid is toys, I have plenty of toys. <laughs> All right, all right. So we're going a little bit off tangent, but I just want to, you know, bring back to the, you know, your background a little bit, Liz, right? So mm-hmm. obviously, now that you have learned so much from the mortgage and real estate industry, what, yeah, have you, I guess, taken a step back on how are you going to build your your wealth, generational wealth, in a sense, right? Because I feel like everybody here has different plans, especially when it comes to different generation. Like my parents thought about, like you said, mentioned before, saving a lot of money. I'm going to buy this with all this cash and. They didn't care about investing. Then I'm gonna, and then once they build another power cash, they're gonna buy another property. Like that's what the mindset was. So like, what have you learned from that? And what have you, are you taking a step back? And what have you done for yourself? Just wondering, or at least on the way to do it for yourself. Gotcha. So I would say on the way to do, because with student loan debt comes with a lot of hindrances. <laughs> um, so it's yeah. been uh, mostly just focusing on building my brand and building my business, which has been great. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very grateful for I am at this point, especially some of the business partners I've made. Um, doing the, in the mortgage industry. But for me, it's been a focus on, I've started investing a lot more aggressively, particularly since the pandemic hit. Like I, you know, had a couple things here and there, but I didn't really, I didn't realize how important it was to diversify my income in that way. And so I really had the time to sit and look, oh no, you need to invest. So start buying stocks, mm-hmm. not just index funds, but now you need to diversify that portfolio. And all this extra time, I'm, I'm really, I'm first of all, the number one way for me that really lit the fire under my butt I had a um a client who owns about 30 Dunkin' Donuts here in PA. Jesus. And I yeah, Damn. and I did um I yeah, and I did a and it's majority. just it's just 30 Dunkin' Donuts, but they also own hotels. They also own um they have, this, they have this group LSC poly that owns a bunch of a bunch of stuff. They have a complete investment group and it, it was the first time I don't know if you guys are familiar with like susus or like money pots that you put into culturally yeah. and then you get money out. It's the first time I ever saw one legally laid out in a bank account. Wow. So you can actually claim it appropriately for doing mortgages. I was doing a construction loan okay. for this client and gang load of businesses, my brain exploded in regards to tax returns. But when mm-hmm. I saw how well diversified the portfolio was, the how way it was, it, it, when I tell you, I was like, oh, you've got, this is probably two years ago. I was like, you've got to, you, you got to get it together now. Now yeah. that you're shifting transition, you got to get together. I watched how they diversified money, how they legally put all their money in a bank account where everyone puts in investments and can draw out of it so I can use this as assets for them to purchase this, this lot and build on it. Yep. And then I also looked at the fact that they own those businesses and hired all of their folk because they're, yep. they're Indian. I'm not going to be bashful about that. They're Indian yep. clients. They own 30 Dunkin' Donuts. Every single person. I'm not surprised, that, by the way. <laughs> right. Not surprised. But every single person at Dunkin' Donuts is Indian. Yeah. And I was writing mortgages, not just for them, but for yeah. also their clientele. It was like, oh, we need to get them pre-approved. Here's all their information. Yep. So, and again, all legal above the board, just in case anyone's wondering, like yep. we did it at the, for the banking guidelines. That, you want to see light bulbs and fireworks go off? That was me sitting there combing through two years of tax. How they balance their cash flow too, probably, to be honest with you. In, in order for them to do that, they had to balance well with their cash flow for sure. When I tell you there was such a nice balance, because they had that investment account, which like millions of dollars sitting in yeah. it, maybe 11 of them. Yeah. <sighs> so. <laughs> well, but, it, but it's also to the same time, it, they, don't, they don't move that money though. Also, it's an issue for them as well. Nope, they don't. They don't move it as much. Money comes in and out according to what they're doing. So 
it's all sitting there seasoned appropriately for them. To oh, okay. To get ready to move, to, to, to do something. Yeah, That's yeah. what it is. To do something, yes. So it's, it's, all, it's all there according to it's been sitting for, for months. It has a reason. Yes, it has. That. And the reason is for all of them to leverage their next business moves. Got it. Again, my mind was blown. So I was like, I got to start investing. Um, this year, I will be making the leap in purchasing real estate myself. Nice. Um, Commercial or, or, or residential? Uh, it's going to be residential. It's going to be the first purchase for me, um, owner occupied, but also I can invest. Wait, let me ask you this though. Uh, is it for yourself or, for, or actually for investment? Is it's for me and I will eventually transition it fully into investment. So the uh, thing is I get to live in it partially and rent out other portions of it. And then I get to move on to the next. Maybe wait until Biden passes the $17,000 homestead credit. Oh, um, don't worry. There's a timeline. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's happening before June. I can yeah. tell you that right there now. There we go. There we go. You, there we go. A lot of people. A lot of people are not. I mean, I guess you know, it's hard to keep up with that kind of stuff because it changes so fast sometimes. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Constantly. Um, I have probably a bunch of content that'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks, paying attention to some of those changes that are happening because yeah. it just needs to be quick, given information. But um, yeah. to answer the question for me, I'm looking. In, I've been investing in stocks and I'm looking at purchasing real estate during nice. my first purchase this year personally. And then the next move is to, because I've been doing research on other things, to start getting into Dunkin more donuts. investment properties in different areas. No Dunkin' Donuts for no you? Dunkin donuts. No Dunkin' Donuts. No, you know what? Um, no, I don't have, I, I got to get a couple like-minded people together on, on the Krispy Kreme? <laughs> you know what? Maybe a wing stop, you guys. I don't know. Oh, I don't, I, I. I actually heard this crazy story. Uh, uh, who invested in uh, 30, uh, 30 to 40 Wingstop? I'm trying to remember what's his name. Oh my God. Rick yes, Rick Ross. There we go. Um, where's, he, has, he was on this podcast and I heard this whole crazy story about it. I was like, man, this guy, like he, the way he envisioned it, mm-hmm. I, it's not the way I thought about why he decided to, you know, to invest in Wingstop. Mm-hmm. It's just, it was just the whole idea for him. Just having like, I just love wings. <laughs> oh, that's that was that, that's it, that was that's the it. idea. <laughs> I love wings. That's it. I'm gonna open wing stops. Yeah, that's, Listen, that makes sense. I love I love Beyonce, but I'm pretty sure she's not a, t- a a stock I can invest in. But please believe, if yeah. she was an IPO, I would invest in Beyonce and not yeah. buy clothes from her. But she just loves wings. That's what yeah. it was. That's it. I, that's the that's the one thing I learned in my journey, at least, and I know it's a yeah. rule for some folks. Anything that I enjoy, I have stock in now. Really? So, that's, a, that's a good way to put that because you're going to, you're going to follow that more because you have so much interest invested in it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, Starbucks, I got stock. Apple, go. I have stock, especially when that split happened. Unfortunately, Google is not looking available yeah. right now. Um, you know, Tesla, I don't own one, but I will someday. So I bought, you know what I mean? Anything that I like, I own, I'm vegan. So I have stock in beyond meat. Like, no, it makes awesome. sense. It, like you should definitely be investing in things that you know, or like you understand. Like you shouldn't be investing in things that you have no idea on, right? So like things that you that you use every day. That's it's a very uh, it's it's a it's a good investment tip to to have. But so, um, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, one of the things is that I also I mean, learning along the way is that how to diversify your portfolio in a sense, and how to make money kind of work for you in a sense. And I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is our generation that we're learning on our own because I can't ask that for my parents. Like, right. you know, like it's a hard, it's a hard information. 
and listen, I mean, obviously I made a lot of mistakes along the way, <clears throat> crypto. Uh, so, but it's, I mean, you're still up on crypto, Mike. Don't, <laughs> don't talk like, like you've lost I don't a know. ton of money. I, on I, I, I don't know, but no but anyway, Dogecoin? sorry, no, no, she's going, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? Though? Like you learn a lot uh, as you go along. Right. And, mm-hmm. and part of it is that it kind of, it does help. So with, when your group of friends is similar situation because you kind of talk about it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And you learn a lot about what they learn, what they, they screwed up at too as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's been the best part of this, I think. Um, yeah. Particularly, I, I'm really seeing it with the pandemic. A lot of my friends now, everyone's like really into investing, the stock market, diversifying money, as well as saving. Um, yeah. But now, you, now we're all constantly talking about it. Like, well, how do we do this? How do we acquire real estate? What's the next move with, once we acquire real estate and I get to kind of assist in that direction of things, but also like, you know, make your first buy your best buy. I don't have kids. I'm not married. So my That's first true. purchase is most likely going to be a multifamily. I'm not buying a single family. I don't, who's going to live in it. My parents yeah. can still operate by themselves and they live in a home, thankfully yep. in their home. Sorry, not a senior citizen. <laughs> so yeah, I don't, that. yeah, I don't have to make that decision on a single family property that's going to be, you know what I mean? I don't have to own or occupy that. My that's first true. purchase needs to be income producing, which is another thing that we all keep talking about, how to make our next move really our best move financially. So that's Yeah, and especially, oh, nice. Wait, hang on. What does your shirt say? Generational wealth Real and chill. Generational wealth and chill. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you make that shirt? You bought that shirt? I did. I did. It's for my business. Oh, nice. wow. Okay, okay. So you want to talk about a little bit about your business or coming up? No, no, but yet? not yet. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you back on when you're ready. And now you're there gonna, we go. Uh, ready to launch. All right. So, you know, branching off to generation wealth, I guess. Um, for those who don't know what generation wealth, you want to give a definition? I, I, we could do it ourselves. It's one to like, let's just, 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 just for folks. Um, I'm, I'm not like a Webster dictionary, but when I think of, when I think of generational yeah. wealth, um, money that can be passed on, money assets that can be passed on to your children and yep. their children in order to help them have wealth that they can leverage to continuously make money that works for them. Yep. Uh, yeah, adding on to that, I agree. Uh, it's one generation to another, right? That's what it is. And it was a kind of formal tradition with this. So one of the things that I feel like I start thinking about more and more as I get older, it's like, okay, you know what? Or what am I gonna leave behind to a certain degree? Because even, you know, obviously me and my parents had this conversation because they're talking about as they're getting older, you're going to have to have that kind of conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh yeah, hey, you know, you know you're know, you going to be my beneficiary for this house stuff. I'm like, oh, that's when it hit the kind of like, you know, the light bulb in a sense, right? Um, and, and it is a hard talk, to be honest, especially when you're having that kind of conversation with your parents. Oh, yeah. uh, and and then they're, they're kind of disclosing some stuff. And one of the things that I realized uh, is like, damn, they worked all this much hours just for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and it's mind blowing that you would think that it, you you would think that you don't realize how much effort until you realize to see the results that they're gone. Like because they high stuff very well, they really do. Like mm-hmm. yeah, somehow they really do. And uh, <laughs> you would think that they were transparent from the beginning. Nope, they keep everything close to their chest. They, they keep sure. everything close to their chest, and. Man. And, and when it comes out, it comes out, you know, like, and so I feel like once, you know, so we got through that hurdle now and then now that made me start thinking, okay, you know what, I need to start thinking moves where that is not as much as the risk that I used to take, but also at the same time, I don't want to 
minimize myself from an opportunity that I right. whether it's, it's worth it, take the risk. Right. And it's, I feel like that's where I'm going to cross away. Okay, you know what? What should I do next? And I'm kind of thinking about more of my risk side more than I used to. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm still like, yeah. I'll, I'll tend the risk. I don't care. Like I, I'm, a, I'm on a scale from one to 10 out. I'm still on like a nine, right? But there's a- <laughs> So but, I used to be like that last two years. And now I'm a seven now. <laughs> I know, but there, but I now I'm like more segregated in my risk, right? So then I'll have like- 80 percent at like a, a six and then the, and then the other percentage 20 percent will be at a 10 and then even it out that way right like um and that's that's really how i think about it because like I, before it's like oh go big or go home like i don't have any i don't have any money i don't have any money if i lose this i'm still here right like whatever <laughs> I'm, and, I'm, and i'm sitting here like ooh. So I'm still my parents' retirement plan. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, Liz. So you, I mean, obviously you probably do a lot of risk assessment, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how about, what do you, like right now, like how do you do uh, judge or I guess calculate your own personal risk assessment? Um, I look at how long it's going to take me to turn, like to flip the investment yeah. at this point. So um, certain, certain risk I'm not going to take. I'm just not. Like if you were told me to like, all right, jump new companies. I'm like, oh, pause. We're not doing that right now. You got to show me something that makes it worth it, but I'm more about calculated risk. So I'm very much going to say if I take this. So, so hey, Liz, put $10,000 in GameStop right now. (laughs) (laughs) If you told me that, like, I'm so pissed because I looked at that stock when I was like, oh, it's still $50. I should buy some shares. And I did not. And I kicked myself to this day that I did not buy the additional shares that I wanted. But but would you have sold though when you you were? Oh, yes. I don't. You don't hold. You don't hold. Okay. You don't hold. <laughs> no, no, I I do hold, but there's certain things I don't hold. No, like hold on. GameStop. GameStop is not one that you hold. No, that wasn't a stock. <laughs> that wasn't a stock that I was like, oh yeah, you should hold on to this. Because when I look at what's happening with gaming, and I was like, nah, that's not gonna work. But but neither here nor there. But what I would say, if you were to say drop ten thousand dollars on something, I'm like, mm, pause. Let me actually do some research. See what's happening. What's next? What's not? Um, because for me personally, I I can't. There's certain risk I can't take at this age. I'll take a specific risk, and, and their risk I just won't take at all. You know, it's like, it's like, well, no, I'll go skydiving. Really, I don't want to. Yeah, it's 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 more like, uh, yeah, you know, you know what's like for me. It was like as long as I segregate this out and I I have my money to go YOLO on, and then the <laughs> other the other side <laughs> is yep. like I know it's gonna make money. It's gonna be it's make it's like doing its yeah. own thing. I'm not yep. gonna touch that. Like that stuff is good. And then I have my fun money that I'm just gonna go and, and so, try, so you, try to be so a billionaire on that money. So, so, so you budget that little pocket in the side as well. Yeah, I have like separate yeah. accounts for for YOLO. Agreed. Agreed. I would definitely say I think my YOLO is more so budgeted for plants, but neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but I would say I always keep there's for me. I always look at discretionary income, like stuff that's left over. Like I paid off my bills. I put money into my savings. I actually put the money I put to the side for investing. Oh, I see a stock that I'm, I'm, I'm researching. I think it's going to be a hot one. That's literally like, okay, toss that in. But I also started this trend of if I buy a luxury item for myself, and this could be like a pair of shoes, like from Nike or Adidas, I'm going to take the exact same amount of money and put it in stocks. Mm, that's that's how I force. That's how I force myself at this point. It's a, it's a force that I, it's like, I don't. So now I don't, I think twice about, do you really want to buy this jumpsuit by Beyonce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you're gonna have to put that's, that. That's interesting. Yeah, because then you'll buy like a thousand dollar phone, and then you're like, all right, now I gotta put a thousand dollars over here. So it's yeah, actually a two thousand dollar purchase. True. 
Yes, that was my last upgrade, and I put a thousand dollars towards stocks because I leased a, a new phone. Wow, that's a good idea. I think that's, I, that's a good way to put that. I should yes, totally do that. I, I can reach out right now and get like six hundred dollars in headphones. Like that's that, like that's how that's right. how my life is, right? No, like, I mean, so, so yeah, it's good. It's good to like have. I, I mean, I, yeah, budgeting, maybe if I maybe Robert, if I budgeted Robert, budgeting. like that, if I said it's <laughs> half, like double this up because it's gonna be going to stocks and stuff too, yep. then maybe I won't have as many random electronics everywhere listen you ever want to find a way to stop yourself from buying things because you just wanted to ha have an impulse buy is when you're like oh i gotta put that in the stock market okay yeah no, but i got double the price that's that's it's more double the price than anything mm -hmm. right like, mm -hmm. so i'll buy it's like oh this is uh this is like 60 bucks okay like i could i could go 60 bucks but then oh, once it's 120 i'm like ah oh, maybe i gotta think about this <laughs> no it's it's true though because i feel the same ex i mean when i was um when I was going for a laptop, right? It took me a while to make a decision on a laptop. I was like, Yeah, we're you know all very annoyed with you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I was like, You know what? I don't change the laptop very often, you know, maybe two, nearly three to four years. And then mm -hmm. I make sure I'm, you know, my laptop lasts a lot, lot, that long. But I also don't want to overspend my laptop because I don't use certain features on it. And so I was like, You know what? Do I spend 15, 10, you know, a thousand dollars to $1,500 right away to buy a laptop or I could finance it for zero interest rate? And then you just had a thousand dollars to do something else with it. And so for me, it was a no brainer. So I had, that was my option. I got to find something that had a thousand dollars zero interest rate for 12, you know, for 12 months. I could pay that back myself, whatever it is. And Mike, you know, you know that PayPal lets you buy everything, anything over a hundred dollars you can finance for six months. I, I did not know that. Yeah. But, <laughs> why, why is it a trick? I have not gotten charged at all on interest, and we get thirty dollars back every single uh, credit. Every I mean, for Amex, yeah. You know I, yeah. I won't, I won't, I won't argue there if you get back a credit back or some points. But I just, I stay away from anything. PayPal's like, hey, you can find us. No, I'm not going to do. It. I'm just going to drop yeah. cash. I do anything over a hundred dollars. I do it, but as soon as I do it, I put in my payment plan, so oh, automatically so take out of my checking account. So oh, yeah, man. so so like it's all like pre-planned out that this money's going to yeah. come out, but. Uh, yeah, but it's six months free. I do the same exact with what you put it. So Best Buy had this amazing, like, you know, 18 months, zero interest yep. rate thing. Yep. And, that's what, and that's what I did with my laptops. Like, you know what? The laptops in Best Buy. Not only that, I got 3% cash back plus 10% off because my birthday. Yep. And yeah. plus yep. what else, what, what it was like, oh yeah, it was like a open box type of situation, but it was certified. And, but then mm -hmm. again, by the time I bought it with three year of warranty, it cost me like $1,100. Yeah, so I did the same thing because I have a Best Buy card, but yeah. That thing's already been paid off with the zero percent. You know what I mean? And I got the cash back. I used that to buy my mom's laptop. Yeah, it, it all worked out. But that's that's the only time you gotta toss some. You just have to be food. vigilant on it and yes. not not yeah go past yeah. that date. Because once you go past that date, all of the interest comes at once. Oh yeah, yeah. but and that's the reason why I made that out of building uh, exact amount. Yeah, yeah, month, yeah. I I calculated out like as soon as yeah. the purchase is made, I go and calculate it out yeah. and then. This is what I pay every month. And then it's the lender in me that says, don't do it, you guys. That's just me. Like, don't do it. Just take <laughs> care of it up front. And people, things like the one thing I've learned about the pandemic, things happen. And things happen. No one expected the pandemic to happen. Nobody expected to find themselves working from home. A lot of folks found their finances disrupted who were in the midst of that 0% interest deal. Right. Yeah. And those, those three months went quickly as we're waiting for the world to open back up. <laughs> And they're not able to make those payments, and now you just completely derailed your ability to yeah. actually buy. That's, well, that's, well, that's why the, I'm like that. So don't if it works for well, you. It works, they, so. they got con too on another day. Like six, six six months ago, it went back pretty quickly. It's been almost a year now. Think about it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I 100% agree with you. Like I, it's so you know the company called Afterpay. 
Afterpay, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they purposely break that into finance. It's a smart business model, by the way. I, I it love is. It, it is. <laughs> but, but, but that's how they get a lot of people to buy stuff during the pandemic time because they broke it down into tiny little payments like that. And, yeah. And, I think it's like every other week or something like that. It's genius. It's crazy. It's such a crazy thing, though. I have like, a friend of mine who just moved over there and is working for afterpay oh it's i think they ipo already didn't, didn't they or something or they're they're, they're, no they're ip they're no they've been public for a while they're in australia, they're australia. Mm-hmm. no no but i'm talking about the states they didn't have the ipo in the states i thought i don't yeah. think so they're 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 public in australia hmm. anyway but it's an interesting business model regardless though i i i find it fascinating though so one of the things that, that you know going back to investment and generational wealth right i think uh in terms of like investing in, in i guess businesses or real estate you know so like i know that you probably deal with a lot of investors probably yes fair share so a lot you know what if you can name three common things you've seen a lot throughout the different investors you encounter with and i'm just wondering what are the three things that you see them do time after time that i guess for best practices they've done Mm -hmm. like um they don't over leverage themselves like the best investors don't over leverage meaning they have properties that hold value Yep. So that they're not underwater, meaning they're they have enough equity. Means that if you were to praise it, probably has enough value versus what they owe, which is a smaller amount that has equity they can use to take on the next purchase of a property. And they don't have a lot of different loans going on. So a, a lot of investors in real estate yeah. use like hard money, right? Yeah. Hard money is like a nice, quick, easy way to buy a property, fix it up, and then you should actually either sell. So what's, it can you explain? Can you explain hard money? Uh, hard money is yeah. not you don't go through a bank you're going through somebody who has like a private line okay. of, of equity or cash to use yeah. um you have to have a fairly strong credit score 700 but hard money is like it you get it faster than so you is it one year loan or is it one month loan what is that how does it work uh out? typically is a one year loan depends on the terms and what you need okay. to do if you Got are it. buying a property to fix it up Got you're it. probably going to have a loan that's like 14 months it depends so can on anybody be like a credit for hard money Work. Not anybody. Is this like Not a? Anybody. Yeah. So this is like a private investor. In... It is. It is like a private investor. Okay. Um, I'm honestly not the expert on it because I don't do hard money lending, but I know a lot of investors who utilize it. So it. it usually comes with a smaller group, private group. They have they have a little bit of warehouse line to give. They have a cap. Got like it. unlike, say, a bank who may have a little bit more money okay. behind them to constantly and endlessly lend. So you have to pay that money back though to that hard money lender usually within a year, uh, 12 months to 14 months. It's at a higher interest rate because it's money on hand that they're giving you to get the deal done. And it's- But it's shorter term lease. Shorter term lease, yeah. So you're paying quite quite a a hefty price on it once- so they got to move, those investments got to move regardless. Got to flip them. They do, they do. So smart investors make sure they have enough cash flow to take care of the down payments, but they also know they shouldn't have too many like outstanding debts, like hard money loans or gotcha. other mortgages. So they that, reduce the liability a lot. So, yep. They have to reduce their liability a lot. So you don't ever want to be an investor and you aren't liquid enough. Yeah. And then you have too much debt hanging on there because if gotcha. you get to me, who's working with a correspondent lender or at a bank or, you know, a bank or, you know, whichever mortgage company, yep. We're looking at all those debts you have that you're leveraging um, that, that, that hurts you from the lending perspective. Now, other, also other investors do a really good job of making sure they have their business credit established. 
why that's so important because now you have an LLC that is should be profitable, meaning bringing income in that you can now take out your loans under instead of having to talk to me. You can mm-hmm. do it under your LLC, which would be commercial lending. Gotcha. So those are those are the things that I see from good, strong real estate investors. I'm glad to hear that because I feel like obviously, you know, everyone does their investment strategy differently, you know, they mm-hmm. have their own thing. But I'm pretty sure there's some some of them because they've been so successful, they have some have something in common, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You should always you're not gonna be profitable right away, but the focus has to be on how do you get a cash flow? Because yeah. if you want to leverage that cash flow, especially if you have everything under an LLC, yeah. um, that's what the, you you want to keep borrowing under that. You're gonna have to have a cash flow because now yeah. you leverage that. If you can't or don't have cash flow, then you have to do something called a personal guarantee, which means yeah. I'm not looking at your specific credit, your own personal stuff. Yeah. Yep. And if your personal stuff is out of whack because you've been doing everything through your LLC and not properly balancing yeah. out how much debt you have versus the income, you yeah. might not be able to get a loan. Yeah. And, and it's just a lot of financial literacy myself and for even for the, you know, for folks who wants to become an investment or I mean, investor in itself, mm-hmm. uh, for folks who want to even get, want to get into that. I feel like this is just, I mean, that's a little fraction of that. You know, we're just, we're just learning, but, but I, feel like, I feel like there's a lot more, obviously. There's so much more. And because yeah. I really deal with like retail and from first time home buyers, yeah. if I'm dealing with um, investors, it's because they don't have business credit. They don't have a gotcha. fully fully cash flow LLC. So gotcha. now we're leveraging against their credit. And that's really how you start. You're not going to start out with, you know. So, so let me ask you this, you know, obviously your demographic is a little bit more minority, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and is that done on purpose? Just wondering. No, but it's, I'm like, I'm black, you guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my the, God. I know, you didn't know. Um, oh so no, I'm, I'm black. I have, yeah. I have, friends and business partners all over the place of yeah. many different races. But the reality is I am an expert in a financial industry that most minorities don't have access to. Of course. Um, I don't have interest in. So now they're all starting to get excited. You do business with those who look yeah. like you, who you trust. It is what it is. Yeah. So it's not purposeful, but. But I feel like that's awesome for you at the same time though, because not only that empowers you a little bit more, but mm-hmm. it's also get, opens you a door opportunity for you to build your personal brand. So. Absolutely, absolutely, and I do business with anybody. I'm, I'm yeah. promise you, I'm not biased, but I'm yeah. always gonna have a little, honestly, because of this shirt, build generation yeah. wealth and chill. I'm always gonna have a little bit more focus on, um, marginalized, historically marginalized groups. Sorry, it is yeah. what it is. We know it, you can look up the history, you can go through the guidelines. The reason why the CFPB even exists, the reason why there are laws against redlining or reverse yep. redlining, yep, um, is because of the ways in which black and brown individuals in this country have been limited from having the opportunity to even build generational wealth. It's true. It's hundred percent true. And it's historical reading, you know, you cannot deny that for sure. Nope. So I, you know, I'd be a liar and say, Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm definitely here to make sure I'm helping those who are qualified and even those who aren't getting them qualified to be able to buy real estate. But I'm also working with any client that I get my hands on to educate and assist with the next steps in their their real estate goals. That makes sense because I feel like that once, you know, because obviously as you build your own personal brand, you could bring the education piece of it, you know, mm-hmm. and then they may come back to you for that. That's your relationship building at that. At the end of I'm day. a, that's actually, that's, that's right on the nose. Look at you, Michael. You might, <laughs> you got it. You might be out here trying to be a brand consultant. You might have a little side hustle. Okay. Um, so, no, but, I've seen a lot of, so I have a friend of mine, his name is, uh, his name is John Saunders. Uh, he hey, started, he, uh, he started out as a, you know, working as a web developer. 
and then he built his own brand. Uh, his focus on is uh, pretty much black owned uh, businesses right now. And he focuses, you know, he actually builds, a, you know, his target, I guess his demographic is, you know, black owned businesses to help them bring, digi- bring up the digital assets up. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. example, enhance their websites, enhance the digital brand. And he even created like, um, I guess a side business where it's not a business, it's more like, you know, value, right? So he created a lot of those, you know, uh, African-Americans icons from, you can use those leverage, those avatars for the branding, for the marketing, things like that. Like, mm-hmm. And now he's branching now slowly to a little bit, you know, to expand his portfolio, you know? So he's building mm-hmm. his own generation wealth gap. And I talked to him a little bit more about that piece. Uh, and he understands that more because obviously he has a kid and he's now, he's like, he feels that more, I feel like, you know? But yeah. he's doing really well for himself. I know him from high school, uh, you know? And then we have a lot of mutual friends coming in common, but time and time after time, you know, like I haven't talked, I didn't talk to him for like maybe seven, eight years from high school to college. And then for some reason we just reconnected it. And it's not because I saw his brand. It's just more like a friend of a friend. He started connecting and then talked about him. And then I started talking to him a little bit more in there. I'm like, Hey, I'm in Pines right now and I'll catch up with lunch. And then that's how we started talking again. But, uh, but yeah, he's, it's exact, I guess the same exact as we are, right? We're we're trying to build our own generation. Well, you know, so yeah it's it's so it's so important to be flexible too at yeah. this point there's i mean we've really we're we're in the craziest of times i feel like in regards to internet and leveraging the internet to build wealth and to build business and brand and marketing where you see one day somebody literally has five followers on instagram and tiktok yep. or whatever next thing you know they go viral and now they're marketable on youtube and they get clicks and they get ad endorsements and yeah to me, it's it's nuts because it's it completely shifts the way in which you live your life. But it's nuts because there's so many different ways for us to do this. I agree. As, I, you just gotta find that one platform that you can you can resonate resonate with. That's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. So let me let me ask you this: so During COVID time, how did that impact your business? Oh man! So I did a crazy. How did you sorry? How did you how did you pivot? Just wondering. Like um. So when I change companies, <laughs> okay, okay. And, I, okay, and I'll tell you, crazy thing to ever do is to change, um, change lenders. I, I changed during companies. the COVID time or before COVID, sorry, literally two weeks before I changed companies at the end of February last year. And about mm-hmm. two weeks later, the world the shut down. Got it. And what made my pivoting in business so much, it, it was a smart decision, anxiety inducing, of course, whenever you change companies, but yeah. What helped is that the company I'm with now is completely tech driven, meaning they throw so much money at tech and and being at the forefront of technology that I transitioned and everything was like, oh, we all have to work from home. Just grab your monitor. Our infrastructure can support the work. So so they were already adapted regardless of what. Yeah, they were already adapted. So I just moved from what I call the dinosaur ages at the one lender, which they they're just behind the ball. Yeah. and went to the new one and when I tell you it was just like seamless there was no delays there was no lack so it allowed me to stay on top of what's happening with my clients personally for me I just had to increase my social media presence what I was yeah. doing before was I was at housing counseling sessions talking as a lender presenting in person a- like physically in yeah, person. Yeah. yeah physically in person talking yeah. to rooms 50 80,000 people I'm sorry 80 people not 80,000 80 people <laughs> at a time um you know People get a sense for who you are yeah. in person. And that's what, you know, then you get to really turn it on, you know, a little mm. light, a little jazz. <laughs> Here I am, all this personality, energy, and knowledge to help you buy this home. Yeah. So the hard part was transitioning for how do I bring that same amount of energy and 
put that over it's the same vibe the internet yeah that's so, hard it's definitely it, hard. it might it, you i feel like in the, uh when you're on the internet you need more of more energy uh because they like you need to overemphasize your like how much <sighs> energy you have Listen, I'm a high energy person until I hit that little moment at the end of the day where don't talk to me. I just want my Manhattan. And or you just keep drinking. It's fine. You just keep drinking. Music in the background. <laughs> but um, so everyone had to pivot. And yeah, I, and I, and this and this and in this industry is so oh, sorry, you guys. Soon after, we have some technical difficulty along the way. Yeah. Here we go. Sorry, I. You know what? I forgot. I had my Gmail up, and I my clients all call my Google Voice number, so. <laughs> we were doing so good too but um so the thing about changing the everybody in the industry is a little bit older it's an old boys club unfortunately and yeah. so that means all the way from the housing counselors to some people in the industry like there's a younger group of us coming up in the real estate mortgage industry but there's there's just not enough so everyone had to shift to going online and so what that meant for all the counseling agencies, we all had to go virtual. Then it's a matter of who do you have your strongest relationships with. So I'm yeah. I'm in Zooms at least every other week. I'm now starting to wrap up my my content on my social media page on Instagram. Are you, are you on TikTok too? I am not on TikTok because I just <laughs> download TikTok to my phone. I'm sorry. It's just I can't. That's, I, that's that's, I, I'm gonna stick to real. That's I'm good. Stick to it's a number. it's a good idea because it gets it's super addicting and waste a lot of I, your time. So, it's the time waste that I'm worried about. It's a waste but I'll, a lot of your time, yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. But um, it, I've definitely, I have a more virtual presence and I'm gotcha. doing, I, I'm probably, this is like my third podcast at this point. I'm there really, on top, yeah. I, I got to do it. I yeah, got to put yeah. my name out there one way or another. So, so. so let me ask you this. Are, are you in Clubhouse too? Because I feel like there's a kind of group will suit you really well because they have conversations, things like this. Mm-hmm, they sure do. I do not have an iPhone. Wait, what? No iPhone. Oh yeah, because they only they only launched for OS right now. That's right. Right, uh-huh. and I tried to put it on my. I have no, this, it won't work. Touch. Yeah, I have an iPod Touch. It's not the updated OS, so I've I've pretty much laid to rest because I'm I prom- there's some heavy hitters that I follow in the real estate yeah. world and investing who have been on these clubhouse chats, and I'm just sitting. Yeah. I'm just the kid outside on, on the playground, like. Yeah. It's been definitely interesting. I've I, I've been addicted to that lately and the mm-hmm. past week or so. Oh, by the way, I was telling Robert earlier, I was like, I, I, I got an email back last year, July 2020. I just ignored it. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. Like, if I had it back like last year. I thought it was a spam for my friend. I thought my friend was a spam. Oh, it wasn't spam. So the crazy part about it is. So for people who I'm... don't know what Clubhouse is, yes. you oh, guys want to explain that out? The cult. I'm joking. I'm joking. Not a cult. <laughs> um, it's not a cult. Clubhouse is like I, I equate it to it's like social talk radio. Media audio style is what it is. Yeah. 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 It's a it's a audio social media where people just go on into different rooms and have conversations. Um and a lot of the a lot of big name influencers are on there. Like influencers meaning like business minded people, tech people. Yeah. Uh yeah. It is heavy tech driven right now driven uh mm-hmm. entrepreneurs leadership driven right now for sure mm-hmm. yeah. uh, we started seeing the branched out a little bit more now towards like influencing marketing a little bit more towards the you know uh to the creative side things uh they have the clubs and they have the rooms uh, you know two different things obviously so you mm-hmm. follow a club you can tell when they're going to have the talks and so the more activity that you do in it the more you get involved or ask questions the more i guess they open up different hallways for you to see different things 
And it's, and I noticed that because I started asking questions for certain talks in it. And I started seeing different things of what people follow mm -hmm. them. And like, and I do see that eventually you will have a lot of nonsense in it for sure. Uh, just like every social media. Yeah. Um, so, but it's definitely useful right now because it's stuff that I, I asked, by the way, I asked ZZS last, last, uh, last night, and he's the CEO of Binance, which is a crypto uh, oh, exchange. Yeah, 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 I, asked nice. him, I asked him the question last night and he answered it. So that's pretty cool. What do like, you what ask? You ask. Let me, let me How do I get money off of my Binance account? <laughs> no, I, because they talked about Binance Smart Chain. I just want, I asked him, you know, you know, what are, you know, what do you see that evolving in the next five years? That's all it was. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, not, I would never have the opportunity to talk to him about that. You know what I mean? Like, you, sure. And the thing is, it's such a great networking opportunity. I'm yeah. thankful that a lot of people that I want to network with, I found other ways to network with them. But yeah. I'm so against buying an Apple, an iPhone. <laughs> I'm so against it. Like, and I'm you have trying, an iPad already, though. I, you know what? The thing is, I have an iPod, but it's like it doesn't work. And that iPod is like two, three years old before I got Spotify on my yeah. smartphone. You know, so. They have some good products. It's just all overpriced. But yeah, it is overpriced, and that's and I think that's where at my heart. Where it's I'm because at. you have that uh, investment, <laughs> uh, that investment rule, and you're like, oh, I could spend a thousand dollars on an iPad, but now it's two thousand dollars for an iPad because I have to go invest <laughs> it too. It's, it's nuts. <laughs> like after, like for me, it's just a matter of I feel like every second I'm looking at upgrades, and I I'm an Android user. I'm not. I promise, I'm not bougie about it or a Nazi about it. I'm just. I'm an Android user. I've been an Android user for God knows how long. I literally can, this phone, whenever I get an Android phone, it's it's with me until I absolutely, till the very end. It is. It means I, I can't- I my change phone. my phone every three years, uh, three to four years. I don't change my, yeah. I don't I don't update my iPhone. So I've been an iPhone since the very beginning, like very first generation iPhone mm -hmm. and everything like that. But, and I have also used an Android for me. I just felt like the, the security behind the iPhone was a little bit better. Uh, the ease of usage obviously was definitely better, but obviously Android has more flexibility. It's a little bit more open source to do different things. I 100% agree in that part. And uh, I think they're more innovative. Um, yeah, especially it's, if you, like I feel like if you want to be at the begin, like at the front of tech, yeah. then Android's the way to but go. But I feel like their front end user experience doesn't justify their hardware. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, it, there's always a little lag behind it. That's what I feel like. Wait, uh, what did you say? Wait, who are you saying? Like, I'm, I'm talking about the Androids, right? I Android. feel like even, I feel like their hardware is definitely a little bit further advanced, but I feel like their front end, the UI, it takes a little while to catch up to the Because hardware. it's brand new tech, right? Like, they don't know yeah. how to how to utilize it. Um, But yeah, I, I just then think- Don't roll it out. Then don't roll it out, then, you know? <laughs> you don't use it. No, no, no. I don't think that's, I don't think that's the way, right? No, like, I, know, I feel I know, like I the first, the, fir the people first in line need to, need to put it out there. Otherwise, it'll never advance. That's true. I agree like if, part, if yeah. none of these Android people did anything like pushing forward, Apple would never push forward either. I agreed. So hundred percent there. Yeah, they but, would, yeah. Like they need to push this out, and then other, uh, and then Apple comes in, puts it into their stuff, and then it goes mass spreads out to everyone. Right? That's Listen, how it somebody works. needs to gift yeah. me an iPhone at this point. <laughs> that's that's just really where I stand. I was I was honestly really like I maybe not an iPhone. I think you should get an iPad. Like of the yeah. of the i of the uh like iPads tablet yeah. stuff, iPads mm -hmm. are by far the best. And you should I get agree. Yeah, okay. I mean, the big ones are nice too. The big ones. I got yeah. one from my. I think an iPad, iPads are definitely like top of the line. Like there's there yeah. no one's innovating in in tablets either. They're just not like, anymore. Not yeah, anymore. Oh just, no, not anymore. I think yeah. Surface window the Surface was the last one that I thought was actually doing something innovative, and they've gotten gotten kind of gotten quiet. Oh, they were um, flat. 
hundred percent agree. Like, it went flat. Like, I mean, services just, are good, but like they're turning those into laptops anyway. So then it's really a laptop more than a tablet. It, I guess it's a convertible. Like you can flip it into a whatever. I, yeah. The point that I'm making is I may consider getting an iPad. There we go. <laughs> there you go. I <laughs> but, got you. But then I have to pay for it twice. Because I that's have right. to invest money there we go. into that's, Apple. That's the thing. Like I, <laughs> your rule really makes you think about your purchase. Yeah. I, well, not, not that's not true, though. Like, uh, if I if, if I can still get access to the information of the people that I want to get access to via Twitter, yeah. Facebook, and just personal relationship, yeah. you're not gonna sell me on Clubhouse anytime soon. I agree. I'm yeah. I'll hungry for it until I realize. But I, I I also feel like they're still they're still driving that traffic to Instagram or to Twitter too. I I I've mm-hmm. noticed that a little bit more. You know what I think yeah. it's good about Clubhouse though is like they had AMAs on Reddit, and like yeah, that's it's such a good yeah. platform. Yeah. And like this is just a more audio um, version of it. audio. It's more real time. Like it's yeah. it's like you you ask a question and it gets an immediate response and you would hear them talking about it. Yeah. Um. And I think that's. Well, that's you can also hear how genuine it is. Right. And you can yeah you can hear if they're genuine or not. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Like today, I just uh I was just hearing about Les Brown. I'm not sure uh, for those who know who he is. It's a pretty much is a speaker who I mean it's just it's so good. Like it's just general storytelling wise. Um, but yeah, like just what does he hearing do? him, I mean, he's been a story, uh, he's, he's a speaker. He started, at, I guess, back in the days of Toastmasters and then oh, how okay. he, he explained how he got better at, at storytelling. Uh, he's, I mean, he's, he's done a lot of things. I mean, I, I mean, he's turning 60, 76 next week or something like that, but, oh, uh, but yeah, this guy was on clubhouse. I was like, what the heck, you know? And, yeah. He's a motivational speaker, but I think he was like a former radio guy before that, like in, in Ohio. And it's and that's uh, he's a natural speaker in general. But it's just that I mean, I, I think also was a he his House representative as well in Ohio too. But anyway, I, yeah, he this was guy, House representative in Ohio. Yeah, but yeah, this guy is just you know he joined this uh, leadership uh, speak I guess club thingy, and they were talking about how powerful storytelling is. He he literally showed an example of a random guy. Hey, he he asked about his mother. The three adjectives that. He, he described his mother, and he told a whole story about him right away. Oh wow! I was like, "What the heck? Wow. What? Like just off of those three words? Those three words? How he described his the other guy described his mother, and he's just he's told a three to five minute story about him right away. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I, I, and just I, and so like just noticing that, Mike, well, that's another level. Of just speaking, I just storytelling. That's a whole different level. How it. Anyway, but for me, like, I, this is why I became addicted to it. It's like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, I mean, I would never, I, I had no idea who Les Brown was before this fucking talk today. No, I'm definitely going to look him up. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and so we're going to sidetrack a little bit more. But so, <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying, you know, part. <laughs> I know. But let me, let me ask you this list. I mean, obviously, you were mentioning how you pivot your business, right? And, you know, you, you try to build more content. You have a YouTube channel, I'm guessing, as well. Not yet. Um, yeah. Listen. I'm a one woman show right now. Uh, <laughs> I will hopefully have an assistant very soon, but as I'm still a one woman show, I'm kind of leveraging things like podcasts of where course. I'm featured and yeah. doing reels, which is already enough of a time investment. It is. Um, so there isn't a YouTube. I have a podcast coming. I'm still teasing that out because I yeah. really do want it to focus on the trans- the career transitions and all that that, yep. that entails. Um, but that's also different too you know talking oh, into the thing. into the abyss of a microphone as an interacting for me is a very different yeah very yeah, different. yeah so oh, i don't 100% agree i i feel like when i do it for myself like 
I have these challenges I do every year. I'm like, man, I have to be recorded five more times, six more times before I said it correctly. Just having that energy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's definitely hard. And not having another person, like you need someone else to like bounce off of um, as yeah. well. And like have, have, like you bring each other energy, right? Otherwise it's hard yep. to just talk out into <laughs> yep. screen. I did just like, I, we did like um, at work, we did like a, it's basically like we talk about ourselves for, I don't know, five, 10 minutes. And like, uh, we just have three slides on ourselves, and mm-hmm. everyone's on mute. Everyone's on zoom and I'm just talking and I'm like, and I'm like cracking jokes and I hear nothing. And I'm just like, oh, this is so weird. Everyone's distracted. Yeah. Everyone's like, look at five. No, I don't things. think, I don't think yes. everyone's distracted. Everyone is just on mute. So then you don't hear the reaction, which is like what you normally get when you're like speaking, right? Like I'll, I'm used to like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Everyone's going to laugh. It's going to be great. And then, and like, it motivates me more. Like I get more energy from it, but like, no, none yeah. of that. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that wasn't a funny joke, but then I'm looking everyone's muted so it's really like it's just weird to talk into you just like gotta, you gotta look for their facial expressions right, like yeah. did, they laugh? did you laugh um <laughs> no i i agree wholeheartedly so it, it's it's been an interesting transition i'm i'm getting there it's also the uh the removing the the security blanket of i'm kind of here but i'm not here That's because just, like yeah. you know as a lender you're there you're in the transaction but you're not nearly as involved as a realtor you That's know true. your personality you're people don't always get a full uh appreciation for who you are so when when we start talking about working into social media yeah. and advertising and marketing and branding, now it's really like, okay, all the safety nets are gone. Yeah. So whatever it is, it is. But not only that, though, like you're not the paper pusher anymore. Yeah. See, I, that's, that's a whole that's a whole different story, though. So. Whole another conversation, man. <laughs> all right, we're gonna pivot, we're gonna pivot a little bit right now. So we're gonna go into our extra MSG session, our funny session. So Robert, you wanna start with yours? Uh, sure. Yeah. Let me send you what I have. I saw this on uh, TikTok, but I also there's a link on um, Twitter as well, or, or Reddit that as well. Um, let me show it. It's a video of a guy who is uh, I he's I think this is in Hollywood. So the title is called the best magic trick you ever see. Yeah. So this guy is showing a magic trick to these people in a car. Okay. Um, and you just watch like he has all of these flyers and yep. he's like i'm gonna show you a trick it's not what you what you think um just pick anyone well, that you want. Right? they all look the same the flyer but i'll yeah. show you something pick one anyone you want <laughs> that's the one you want are you sure i literally watched like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> got, him. <laughs> got him so basically he just had them choose, pick a card and then he's like that's the one all right thanks and then that was <laughs> That was he his whole away. goal was to get was to Hilarious. pass out flyers, right? Like that's. What is the magic trick? Oh, that's so awesome! Oh man, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> that's creative. Let me tell you. Yeah, that's off. that was good. I I looked at that. I was like, man, that, this guy. That's pretty like creative, though. <laughs> you you, uh, you want to go next, Liz? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me. I totally <laughs> saved. I saved the link just so I could easily put it in the group chat. Can you hear me? All right. But I sometimes I struggle. All right. So um, this is kind of work related for me because again, working with first time home buyers, a lot of them are millennials or Gen Zers and everyone loves Cash App. Yeah. Cash App is great. It's not a bank account. I just, I just want to put this on there right now. Um, <laughs> it's not a bank account. So it says lender, I need two months of bank statements. Bar was like, oh, I have Cash App. And the lender's like, what? I can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I can't like it's it happens so often it makes me laugh you'd be surprised cash up may be too uh, uh maybe easy to use you may not you may be able to buy, buy fractional stocks but it's not for the house buying or refinancing process that is nope. hilarious <laughs> no, please don't. like the whole face is like that's not a bank account what do you that's not a bank account <laughs> Please just go down the street wait, to your credit union. Can wait, you Venmo? Have... Wait, can you have Venmo statements too? <laughs> you can. Venmo is actually a because Venmo is tied to your bank account. Venmo is actually a far more reliable source of really cash flow or transfer than cash. I didn't know you could have Cash App. Like I don't think I've used Cash App. I used, I used Cash App before before Venmo actually before Venmo. Oh, before yeah. Venmo. I think Venmo has like taken over that market for me. Uh, I I had PayPal before, right? Put PayPal into Venmo yeah. to send money to other everyone else. I don't think I've ever used Cash App, and I've never even Cash App's easier though. Believe it or not, Cash App I thought was the easier one. Why is it easier? You know what? Because you can instantly you Cash App had the ability for you to instantly download or instantly deposit money into your account before yep. Venmo. Venmo didn't actually have that option. Correct. Cash App was like Cash App was really like you send me money, I can instantly download it into my right away, and yeah. I have it available to use. Venmo wasn't quite there. So uh, the crazy part is you don't have you to have your bank account connected to this cash app. You, you do. do. You do. You don't have to, but you do. How do you how do you put money onto it if you credit don't card. have credit card? You can use a credit card. card. You can use a credit card, bank yeah. card. Oh, yeah. oh, other card. And you can send yeah. money to people with a credit card? Yes. yes. Oh my god, that sounds like bad idea. That well, sounds so Venmo doesn't. You do that with Venmo <laughs> right going now. Going on credit to send people money. That's that's. Well, bad. you do that. With, you can do that with right now with Venmo as well, but they charge you a fee of three percent. Right, right. There's a fee. Yep. So like, yep. who wants to do that? <laughs> a, a lot of people does that. To be honest, right. I mean, yeah, there's people that want to do it, but like for me, I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna spend extra money when I have cash to send to people. Yeah. All right, so I'm with you again. Cash App is just easy. Yeah. You know, I got it. I still, I actually use it to this day. I use Venmo and I use Cash App. But I use Cash App when I got to send somebody something quickly. Yeah. They're fine. Venmo is like, you get it when you get it, but it's there for you to utilize. Um, Do for you, purposes you, of buying a house, though, uh -huh. PayPal, Don't use it. can Venmo. use it. Ven, Venmo. Can listen, I send you, PayPal, can I send you a down deposit? That deposit yeah, my deposit is in my Venmo. <laughs> I'm going to send um, it over. So <laughs> the reality is you, because Venmo will give you a monthly statement, your name is tied to it. The problem uh, with Cash App is like, you got like a little money sign and a nickname. And yeah, yeah. We don't really know the if username, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, we don't know if it's you I or not. I swear this is my username. Warren Buffett yeah. is my username. <laughs> Listen, yeah. you can have the Mandalorian 26. Whatever the hell your username is, right? Like this is the way. We're not, that's not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. So, I, I tell my clients all the time, oh, I have Cash App. Do not bring cash app to a lender and say this is what i have this is my lender. statement yeah no nope. like you really they have zelle now because it's a thing like the banks finally caught on to what what cash app and paypal and venmo were doing yeah so it's like zelle paypal venmo those are the three that are a lot easier to work with and crack mm, okay. movement of money but cash app is a terrible way hey, listen facebook came out with their thing too called facebook pay so oh my god facebook can we use apple pay and google pay for it too um they are far more reliable, but I would advise not. <laughs> you know, I'm learning so much. I'm not going to bring my cash app to, uh, to a lender anymore. Don't, please don't say I have $16,000 sitting in cash app. What? <laughs> Put them in bank account, please. Yeah, it's it's sitting there waiting for me to send on, like, send over to someone. I'm sending it down as a deposit. That's 
folk have got to remember that the banks are still really old even if you have lenders that are pretty pretty progressive banks are still pretty old. yeah you were you were talking about that like you moved you moved to a new company and it like it's like technology was like way above i remember working at merrill lynch like bank of america merrill lynch and Mm -hmm. they are they're a huge company but they're archaic in technology (laughs) like archaic i I feel like they don't they do it on purpose sometimes though do you think uh Maybe it's on purpose, and it's also like they have to they have to spend so much money on infrastructure. But it's for control. It's for they control. They make control. enough money to yeah. spend on tech. Yes. They just refuse. It's for to control. Spend the money on the tech because they don't know how to use PowerPoint. That's my theory. That's <laughs> it. Like at this point, you are literally dealing with baby boomers who have no idea how to rotate the bag on PDF. Oh, <laughs> like. They- yeah, no, I came uh, I, I came I, into Merrill Lynch and they loved me. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll write some I'll write some Excel formulas for you. you know? Exactly. Like, amazing exactly. stuff. Who, who's still worried about Excel formulas? We already know how to do that. You have several different ways That's, to do it. No, you have to put that on your resume. If you want to get into Bank of America Merrill Lynch, I'll tell you right now. You put Excel on your on your on your resume. You're, you're gonna get called back right away. No, but I also <laughs> feel like it's a it's a control thing to be honest with you. I, I, it is an experience. I, let me tell you, from I've been to different uh, financial payment services clients, it's done on purpose. I feel like to be honest, on the it's top done on level, purpose. to a certain degree, it is on purpose for sure. I think it's also like a there's a lot of and maybe this is why they like they do this on purpose. Also, is that they put a lot of barriers to uh, to implement anything. Yeah. And you only, you only cripple yourself in a market that is advancing towards more technology and not yep. less. And the, and the funny thing about yeah. it is, I, I do know it's, it's part of it is about control and stop, you know, red tape and stops yep. that they put in place. But also it is just a lot is a complete and total level of ignorance in regards to where everything is progressing. And so where other companies see it and they go for it, you know, they're, yep. they're the Silicon Valleys of, of whatever company you want to pick, whether it's lending yep. finance, you're still here in the space of, oh yeah, we're getting there. By the time you get there, we have already would have progressed another 10 years ahead of you. And you it's were true. just now where we were. Yeah. Maybe they're taking years ago. maybe they're taking the Apple route where they're just like, we're gonna let you guys make sure the technology is good <laughs> and then we will put it in place. Hey, <laughs> our iPhone was there first, okay? So Ooh, I'm not. I'm not. I know. So, so click on my link. This is my funny thing. Okay. It's kind of. It, it kind of blends into our talk today a little bit. So, so pretty much the title is called salesmanship. The first square in the left, top left corner, pretty much is a guy robbing, uh, robbing somebody. He says, it's "Money in the bag right now." <laughs> the Robert uh-huh. with a mask on, and he says, "You know," and the guy says, "Okay, just please don't shoot." And the sales guy's like. While you're here, why not invest that money into one of the newer super savings accounts? And the robber <laughs> thinks about it. It's like, that's not a bad idea. A bad idea. Here you go. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good salesman right there. He almost, oh, got, he almost got him. Hilarious. <laughs> I like that. I like uh, that. Oh, yeah. Always be selling. <laughs> always yeah. be closing. Always, always be closing. <laughs> always, always be selling. Always be closing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I'm sure I annoy some of my friends that are like, okay, Liz, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't turn it off. It's, you talk about wealth building investment, I'm already gonna be like, so what are you doing with your mortgage? Are you refinancing? Are you purchasing? Are you saving? I can't turn it off. I'm already, I'm already in like, I got to educate mode. Let's figure out the next steps. Here's some people you can talk to. 
Yeah. It's amazing how often I'm like, people are like, oh, well, what should I do? I was like, you know what? Shop with three lenders. Make me one of them. Shop two others. If yep. you don't get better terms and deals, come see me. Yeah. That works. So do you work only in Jersey area? Nope. I am licensed currently in eight states. So I'm licensed in Cali, um, wow, Illinois, states. Michigan. Is it hard Georgia. to license? It's- yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think right now how, how much time you took. Is there like uh, one big one that's like, oh, this one will get me everywhere versus. No. no. So there's the one that keeps. Every state's different. Every state. Yeah. 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 But then I have to take testing for each state. And I only gauge that based on the amount of network connections I have in that state. Uh, so yes, let me ask you this. So how long does a license last before you, do you renew it? Oh, we have to, I, have to, I have to renew every year. It's absolutely insane. So you had, to, you, had to, you had to take eight tests every year? Dang. Holy yep. shit. <laughs> yep. Holy crap. Remember that, par- remember that parallel between medicine guys? Also, this is, also, this is why like you're not licensed in every state because you don't yeah. take 50 <laughs> yeah. tests a year. One um, test a week. <laughs> yeah, there was a point where I was licensed in uh 22 states. Um Jesus. Just from the because when you're in a bank, when you're federally under banks, you're federally, you know, licensed. So I don't yeah. have to do individual licenses, just wherever the bank is located, I can do business. The challenges with that are if your bank is not licensed, is not in every state, like Bank of America or Wells Fargo, which yeah. are interesting companies to work for. That's all I will say. I wouldn't yeah. work for them. Um, yeah. I have to, you know, it limits my ability to do business. Wait, so, so these banks aren't, so these national banks aren't in every state. That's they're not. A, that, uh, not. Not all of them. Nope. Yeah, not all so of them, yeah. um, there are quite a few banks that aren't there. They hold a certain specific region. Yeah, but like, and like Chase, have, I, I I know Chase is not in every single state either, though. No, but Chase yeah. is definitely they are strategically in states that bring a fair share of market. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yeah. you know what I mean? They're going to be in uh, in Washington yeah. State. They're going to be in Cali. They're going yeah. to be yeah. um, Florida, like that, Florida, yeah, Florida Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then somewhere between there. Um, but they have a nice strong online platform. I will say for Chase. Okay. But uh, yeah. So when you're when you're on the federal licensing side, you're licensed wherever the bank has a depository or a branch. When you go to correspondent lending, which means we're a non-depository, but we still do lending, I then have to apply for each state. And I gauge that based on the amount of business I'm going to do in each state yearly. Yeah. And that's always based on my network personally and then how I'm building out my network. Gotcha. So I wish I'd talked to you first because I just refinanced my house. Uh, and I didn't know that. So I didn't know any okay. better. I, okay. Well, okay. Actually, are you licensed in Florida? I'm just curious. Uh, I am. Oh, see, I didn't know that. See? I, I literally, me and, my, me and my friend were talking about it. We, we both just refinance our house because like, oh, this is such a good rate right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I don't need the money, but I just, I could always use some cash. So yeah, whatever. Savings are savings <laughs> at this point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everything's a saving for me at this point right now. And so I'm like, why not? And and mm-hmm. literally I dropped about 2.5%. So it's great. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a huge saving. Yeah, I, wow. I'm putting clients in. Clients who are solid and good to go, we're talking two and a half. One of them I'm putting to a two percent. It's, it's so crazy. I was like, what the heck? If yeah. you're just listen, that's the the benefit of again being prepared, being ready, having your finances in order. You can take advantage of moments like this. Yeah, so it's, it's nuts. So okay, pivoting to that conversation, right? So we, mm-hmm. I think we should, we kind of I want to talk about the wealth gap. Uh, obviously, we we know we, you know, because of COVID, we've definitely seen a you know uh, a huge you know transition of wealth however the, let's talk about pre-covid right i felt like 
I feel like we were on a trend, at least to slowly close the gap a little bit. Uh, not as rapidly enough. Were you? But... Do you really think so? Before the before this pandemic, you thought the rich were not getting richer and the poor were not getting poor. Uh, well, to a certain degree, yes and no, right? Um, <laughs> so, okay, the reason why I'm middle class has been shrinking for years. I agree with that part. I'm not disagreeing. With that Do part, we still but... have a middle class? <laughs> that's that's existing right now. Uh, no, I, but... I'm hoping there is because that I want to be. I that's. Where I I always say every, tell everyone. Listen, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I, I just want to break this to you gently, Robert. Yeah. Um, you're either wealthy or you're not at this point, in my opinion. That's mm. that's truly how I feel about it. I don't think we really have much of a middle class because we're all getting gutted equally the same way if we don't make a certain amount of income. Yes, that is true. I mean, it also depends which state you live at as well, too. Though, keep that in mind. I yep. th- I think the I think the 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 top and bottom of middle class has expanded. Because okay, that's that's a good way to put that. That's I what that, like I think the the super rich are at a high like higher level, and the mm-hmm. super poor. I I don't know. I, maybe the bottom is not shrinking, but like, I think the t- the top is yeah. definitely expanding. In, expanding, yeah. um, and it's still and the middle class is still shrinking. So like we're increasing that range, and we're still shrinking as in size, right? So so I mean I'm not saying okay. So let me take that one step back. So I feel like the wealth if, if from a from a picture perspective, you know, it looks like the wealth gap may be closing, but I do agree that how the middle class is shrinking, right? And it's kind of intuitive what I'm saying. But I mean, so when I started looking at this before, I started looking at the data and I was looking at the Federal Reserve data. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can see by each each race, how the, obviously as the wealth gap, it, it shows like how it's, it's becoming bigger and bigger. Like literally mm-hmm. it's just the stats, you know? And, but, I, but there's a perception though. I, I don't know why there's a perception of, how I guess maybe in our generation of how we're maybe we're surrounded maybe by our own bubble I guess it seems like at least from a image perspective that okay we can help close the wealth gap if we do certain things, uh, but it was going to take a while obviously I I it's what so <laughs> I don't, I didn't, I didn't I, follow that so my thought process on it is and again I, I speak from the places which I can relate the most yeah um being a double minority I'm a woman. And yeah. I'm also black. So the reality is my life is framed and viewed from that standpoint. It's not necessarily limitations, not necessarily an advancement, just an observation and an existence. Yep. Um, and that's, that's the best way I'm going to blanket this for anyone listening. Uh-huh. Um, so there was one of the investors who's also on Clubhouse, but I also, she's from Philly. I love her pieces. She, she, her name is Aisha Selden. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reality is for black people, for blacks in, in, in America, if you're African American, homeownership is uh is actually lower than it was lower today than it was probably in like nineteen I want to say like nineteen fifty, nineteen sixty. I gotta find the articles. Is it lower? Uh, really? It's lower. Okay. Yeah, it's lower. So think about that. Think you, about you, what that you, means. But you would think the opposite of that though. See? You would. That, but think a, about what that's, 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 that's what I'm trying to say, though. Like that, that's the that's the image I'm trying to say. You would think yeah. it's a lot higher, but it's not, though. It's actually it's worse. So think about how many rules were not in place. You still had reverse redlining. You still had, you had yeah. redlining, reverse redlining. You had blatant discrimination in the housing market. Banks were not lending to minorities or black people at all. You know what I'm saying? Like these are all the things. All that has shifted, but understand that the cost of living has gone up, not necessarily income. Yeah. Um, the fact that there are so many generations left out of buying homes, which was the number one way to achieve the American dream, yep. you don't have the generational wealth 
in order to keep home ownership going. To build which, upon it, that's what you're saying. Yeah, to build upon it. So to think of it in 2021, we're now saying, man, 50 years ago, Black home ownership was actually higher than yeah. it is today with as much as we are running in regards to, particularly Black women in regards to uh, degrees, um, owning businesses, yeah. where we see a lot of progression in, in that realm and entrepreneurship, yep. we're still not obtaining some of the, the pinnacles of adulthood in the American dream, which for me is saying that wealth, that the net wealth gap actually is getting larger and we're now finding ourselves at the advantage. And I, I'm, I haven't looked at all numbers for every demographic yeah. group, but I, again, I-, I no, but I, that's what I'm trying to say to, so Robert, what you know, what I was trying to say earlier is that exact, really that example, because it seems like maybe, maybe getting closer, but it's not that, that image perception is not, it's actually false. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I when I started looking at this at, at, like the stats itself, and, and actually here's here's a link for the Federal Reserve one here, yeah. and um, it's actually getting larger per each year, the you know the wealth gap, but the perception is different though. You, you see, what I'm saying like the image, if everybody thinks it's shrinking, but it's not though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me so, though, I don't like I don't see the wealth gap closing. Like I don't think it's closing. Uh, I don't know. Like you're you're saying like perception and stuff, but. From my standpoint, the perception is the rich are getting richer and everyone else is getting poor. Um, it's not like a and it's not like a, a the the gap isn't closing at all. They're just getting yeah. way big. Also, like you're saying how like home ownership has gone down from yeah. for for the black community. It's the richer are getting smarter and hiring people to get smarter. So they're buying up all of these things. That like normally would go to like lower like other like other people. Agreed. But now they're yeah, buying everything and then and then renting they more it out. cash. So they and then they're cash. bringing in cash flow and getting themselves yeah. richer. So it's like agreed. it's a cycle. It's a yeah, it's cycle. just like the the rich have just so much uh available to them to make sure that they can increase their wealth. Take advantage and take and yeah. increase their portfolio, increase their wealth. I, I'm a hundred Listen, gentrification is this really huge taboo word, unfortunately, in in the investment or real estate world, because there are those of us who are who are minorities who are taking advantage of and using our knowledge to then invest back in you know in those areas. So we're a part of the wave of gentrification. But the challenge with that is when you have cities buying up complete developments or blocks that are yeah. underdeveloped, and then they hold them. This they happens hold- a lot in Philly. Yeah. It's happening a lot. You, it's happening on Philly, happening in Camden, happening in Baltimore. Yeah. I, I keep my my hand on the pulse of a lot just to see what's happening. They buy up the, the land, they let it sit, I don't do anything with it. And yeah. then maybe um an institution may also buy up like a university like Temple. Yep. Or Penn, or I'm not trying to get in trouble with anybody, yeah. but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say <laughs> what it is. They buy even Johns Hopkins, I went there for undergrad. Yeah. They buy up the the real estate, they hold it, turns into another uh another entity or building under yep. that company that makes them money yeah that brings That's them true. more opportunity while the community is still in this in shambles because of generational gen, like effects of generational decisions and legislature that yeah. left people stuck so I, I robert i'm with you on that i just um again i'm here to educate yeah. <laughs> and, no, no, I, and i agree on that part let me ask you this though like i guess mm-hmm. part of it that you know so if if I was a rich person, right? And mm-hmm. what, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just doing what I can right now, right? So right. that's my job. I'm, I want to expand my portfolio and make my client happy in a sense, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess what what can somebody else do though? What can somebody do in terms of do not do something like that? Or do you I want mean, to bring, do you want, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm sure some people will want to give back, right? 
And how do you do that? Because at the end of the day, not, but at the same time, those folks may not be ready, have the knowledge to do it. Perhaps. So there is a multitude of ways to give back to, to many of the communities that you know have been strategically shortchanged. Yeah, there are. You have to decide. You have to decide whether or not that's the moral comp where you want your moral compass to lead. Yeah. Because the reality is, you can you can start the initiatives yep. where you are putting the time and energy into educating communities, putting yep. together uh, funds or grants for those same communities. Again, Native Americans is still where's their home ownership? That's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's like there's that. so much here, and so everyone. So when it comes to when it comes to the way in which there's rich and then there's wealthy, when it comes to the way in which the wealthy utilize their assets to then pad and bolster their pockets, it isn't necessarily leading to, well, you know what? There's enough here for all of us. Let's figure out how we can also empower other communities to do it. There's always a one hand washing the other type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you can put together the fund, you can put together the community initiative and actually make sure you are empowering already local groups that exist in most of these cities that are focused on helping the minorities buy homes, focusing on help helping these same groups um, become financially educated. Those programs already exist. It's it's the it's the ego for me where people just assume, well, I'm just gonna go in and start my own thing. No, no, no. Their community's already there. There are already organizations already there in every single city. Find out who they are, find out the impact they have, and then find out how you can assist them without expecting anything back in return. Because it's a, it's a tax write-off for you. That's At true, that's day. true, yeah. Tax right off at the end of the day. You can invest in stocks, hedge funds. Yeah. You got the world is your oyster. Yeah. Relax. <laughs> yeah. So let me ask you this though. Like, okay, so I've seen institutions try to do this well to try to give back. But how genuine it is, do you think? Like, for example, I put a link here uh, mm -hmm. how, how Citibank is trying to do the same thing. How they put like a $1 billion initiative to kind of help to close the racial wealth gap. You see my face? Yeah. So um, I'm not gonna say a whole lot. You can, but, you, but, you, but you know what I'm getting to, right? Like in a sense, right? Uh, so again, that's a, that's, a, that's a one hand washes the other. The reason why you put that investment in, one, there is yeah. a tax write off for you, but two, you're also expecting some type of return in regards to when, when banks do things like, hey, here's yeah. what we're doing. I, and I, mortgages are a great example of, we're gonna do something for community, but we also yeah. know we're making money off of whatever it is we do for community. Mm -hmm. End of story. Has There's to no make way money for that. them to wanna even do it. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever banks put in large amounts of money or capital into they know they, they know their ROI. <laughs> it, there, there's a return on investment, but also they have to do it in order to still be able to buy and acquire different shares and servicing. So there are rules in place. I'm again okay. There there are rules in place in regards to the reason why you may see a lot of community lending or low to moderate income lending. It one it, it serves a purpose, it does help. I'm not knocking it. But at Got the end course. of the day, most banks when they do that is because they're trying to leverage themselves to do something else whether it is acquiring whether it is picking up other people's servicing acquiring other small lenders that are going really the pandemic huh. that's there's always a leverage is, point is it, is it to tap a different market it's what you're trying to say absolutely, absolutely okay absolutely there's there's always a there's always a game to it whenever they do these things it's never just oh we really just want to give back to the community it's <laughs> well we know we have to do a certain amount of this in order to, I know I want to acquire maybe 15 banks, gotcha. other smaller banks that aren't, so I can increase so my footprint. It's the game for them at the end of the day. It, you got to increase your footprint so you can increase your market share, so you can increase your how much people see you, so you can bring yeah. in money. Gotcha. This is, right. there's always a long term goal, and I'm not necessarily bashing it, but 
You have well, to understand. There's a balance. That no, but like every time a corporation is doing anything, it, it's sketchy. It's, it's sketchy always me. sketchy because like their first priority is for their yeah. shareholders, right? So they yeah, have cool. to make money for their shareholders, and that's their that's the number one priority. Um, so every time they do anything, even if it's even if it's things like saying Black Lives Matter type of thing, it's all PR. It's yep. all PR. Um, and it it could have some sort of uh like real truth to it but honestly the top priority is pr for all of that stuff and so every time anything comes out any type of news comes out like you have to take that grain of salt where like there is a serious uh pr is all pr move they've gone through and talked to their pr people making sure Mm -hmm. that this is going to show correctly to the the rest of the world um Mm -hmm. and it's definitely calculated decisions every time and this is how we increase our sales this is how we get our branding out there to more people this is how we show we care so you know next time you're thinking oh man i really need to open up a bank account well you know what bank i saw that really looked like they were for the cause yeah i'm gonna go open my bank account with them that's true exactly so i'm not there there is a there is a benefit to it when they do it because again you're pulling that information to the community, mm-hmm. but then there are also other restrictions that come with the lending game. So when they say, oh, we're putting towards closing the wealth gap, if you really want to close this wealth gap, go ahead and just get rid of my student loans if you really want to close a wealth gap, okay? Yeah, that's, true. That, that's the number one way to do that, but you're not <laughs> going to do that. You're just yeah. going to continue to delay my payments for another year. Which is going to make any sense still, like, you know. I... Just forgive the loan, right, I, right. But <laughs> do, you, do you get what I'm saying? There's, there, yeah. there, are, there are good side effects to some of the more strategic planning that goes on when these when these larger companies do it. Everybody does it. It's a, it's a business model. Yeah. Somebody want to slap my wrist about it, you can. You know where to find me. I'm not hiding. Um, but that's no, that's what it is. I agree with you on this, on this, because the thing is that at the same time, though, like I feel like most an average person doesn't know that. You got to say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in, the biz, you're in that mindset because you've probably seen it. Uh, for me, I kind of still learning about it a little bit more, but obviously I was, I was skeptical about it, right? But now that you put it into that perspective, oh, you just clicks, you know? Yeah. It's once you get to like a business, like you, you talk to business-minded people, they all understand this, right? Like they, they understand that like, oh, this is a business. They're here to like make money. That's what they're here for. And mm-hmm. every move that they make is calculated in, in some sort of way to make money. Absolutely. And every one of these companies wants, they want access to the cream of the crop of every demographic group that exists in this country. So they're going to cast a wide net and get access to every bit of demographic that they can. And then they're going to, con- hang on, you know, let me pull a couple strings there, pull a couple strings here, because I really want to sift all of this out because I really want the top tier. Do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah. every group, every demographic has their top tier. What are you going to do? You're gonna make sure you put yourself in a position to get access to that top tier. That's 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 the game. I'm probably oh. gonna get fired by Monday, but <laughs> um, don't, don't worry. The podcast the podcast won't air for another couple of weeks. Right? Yeah, yeah, not Monday, <laughs> not Monday. Okay, I got two weeks. I got two weeks. But you know, um, uh-huh. I mean, that's that's just that's again, that's the game. That yeah. like is, is my existence as a brand is very much so beneficial to me and to my clients. But I understand yeah. when any company wants to hire me i know what they're looking to leverage so i use that leverage to my advantage and i ask for things that i want anyone who needs help negotiating an offer or a higher deal call me um that's just what it is in sales i i yeah. i would be a liar if i said oh no everything's community-based and we're so focused on no, no, no. there's a bottom line here you're pretty straightforward about it that's what it comes down to that's why so yeah it is though. do you I think there are companies that are 
community based though i feel like there's i'm sure there are though but i mean uh, i'm sure there are it's just probably like, made small because like the, the national banks and all this stuff but maybe like a like the what is it community what are those banks that are community focused oh you mean uh, like credit uh, unions credit, credit unions, unions. yeah, yeah credit maybe the, maybe they have a, a focus more on the community than but they still have like that they need to make money to stay in business yeah. right? right but then so credit unions would, would be a little bit more focused community but mm-hmm. no, understand because they're smaller which means they have a smaller warehouse line of money yep. to lend mm-hmm. that they have tighter restrictions and who they can lend to but they have but because they're smaller they do have more flexibility mm-hmm. than what a national bank would that's this is the joy of like all of again I've, this is five years of of industry knowledge and i'm like tossing yeah. out yeah. and it's it's been a wild ride of learning for me how excited <laughs> i get so i'm just like oh snap y'all really y'all ain't shit oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking y'all about something yeah i mean okay so so before we pick we have too far in the conversation you know we're talking about you know how the wealth gap is going to increase right so i posted mm-hmm. two links one is from the federal reserve and the second one is from market watch it's like so it talks about how literally you know like you said the data have shown has it's been splitting more and more you know between the rich and the, uh, the middle class in a sense mm-hmm. especially in the black communities or mm-hmm. in, the, in the other minority community as well uh, mm-hmm. on the federal reserve uh, side if you keep scrolling down it shows mm-hmm. you like literally the <laughs> the medium net worth you know you can tell from 2019 like look how this there's a big discrepancy in general and if you keep scrolling down Ooh. Uh, it's, it's Mike. Are we in the other? Is that what we are? We're just other. I, I believe other. so. Black, black, other. black Hispanic, <laughs> other. Yeah, yes. You, you guys, you guys would be another. Yes. Yes, you're yes, another. Yes, you would. I've heard, I've heard some people that bring us, bring us in with the whites. We're just all part of it. <laughs> <laughs> We're all part my, of the my, same. My experience has been it depends who you're speaking to and how they identify <laughs> because sometimes they're like, oh no no no, I'm over here. <laughs> I'm politely like, okay, just send me your bank statements. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this is interesting because according to this data, though, it's, it's kind of speaks a little bit of opposite. I mean, it's kind of weird a graph, to be honest with you. Like, I want to mm-hmm. dissect this data with y'all folks. What are you, um, what are you, which, which, so graph figure two, figure, figure two. two. Yeah. yeah, it says black Hispanic community f- uh, families experienced faster growth in wealth over the last two surveys. Uh, after experiencing a larger decline of the Great Recession, okay? So I, I, the reason why I want to bring this data up because I'm, I feel like this is controversial to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And so each of the color represents a year, okay? And in each of the groups, uh, it obviously says white, black, Hispanic, and others, okay? But it says, how, you see how this data is kind of, mm. not what it seems to be? You know what, it's, 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 it's funny because like say I have a hundred dollars and now I have a thousand dollars. Yeah. Versus someone who has a million dollars and now they have two million dollars. Like yeah. that growth right there for me it's is like different. way it's bigger. Yes. Yeah. Completely so, different. So this could be something like that. Where... Well, that's, that's well, that's what I'm trying to say though. Like I, I feel like this data is kind of it's so, misleading it, for sure. Misleading, it's yes. Highly, it's highly misleading. It is pointing to a, a trend, but it's yes. still highly misleading. Yes, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what. And keep in mind, this is the Federal Reserve website, FYI. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I'm trying to. But now look at the second. Now I sent a single article which called, talks about Market Watch, right? And this guy talks. Uh, well, whoever wrote this, I think it's a group of people, but um, it literally shows the trend obviously going down. 
you know? And you can see in average household wealth in general, uh, uh, if you scroll down to the middle, I believe it tells you that the dotted line uh, is the white medium. And then the, that, the solid line, orange line is the white mean. And then the dotted line uh, of the blue one is mean, the black medium. And then the solid blue line is the black mean. Literally, you can see, look at the mean. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Give me a second. Let me see if I can get to the second. So I saw the first image, which was like wealth of American families in 1966. And then I think I'm going beyond that. Oh, we're going to, uh, we went to the market watch. Um, yeah, article. market link. Yeah, uh, it's an average second, household wealth. Second article. Uh, oh, yeah. pardon me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. Where the white mean has just increased. Yeah. <laughs> like it just keeps going up. Yep. Um. Where the mean just kind of stays uh, the same. Flat. They say flat and goes down. Or goes yeah, down the media just stays the same. Yeah. yeah so this is, this is definitely what I was saying, right? Where like, yeah. the, like yeah. the super rich are getting richer, but yep. then everyone else is flatlining or going down. Like it just, yep. that's just what, that's what it looks like. Yep. So this, I feel like this graph represents what we're talking about more. I, I, I don't know. The reason why I want to point this out is because there's two different data. One's from the Federal Reserve and one's from some some guy who's scattered there together, you know? Like, uh, I mean, I think this is a good research that they have because they have, I think the guy quoted the sources from. And mm -hmm. so if you scroll down, it has all the sources. And yeah. so, I mean, it's from a university. So, but anyway, regardless though, I feel like it's where you look at the data, right? People can have different discussions. It can be misleading, to be honest with you. And like you said, going back to this, you mentioned about misinformation. Huge yeah. amounts of it. Data, data can always be Huge. visualized in a way to, to bring your point, whatever point yeah. that you want to bring up, like they yeah. will, like you can adjust it for whatever. Um, yeah, which is why I'm not necessarily a fan of the Federal Reserve, don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, and I, the reason why I'm just throwing it out there, though, you know, what I mean, like, I'm just throwing. The, I mean, people yeah. trust the Federal Reserve. To be, let's, let's be honest. I, I mean, I do to a point, but I always know. I feel like they're always lagging. I feel like you're always lagging behind real time reality of actually what you are are now reporting on and what people are seeing. Because yeah. the thing is, I can easily say yes. There's an increase in education level. There's an increase in income. There's an increase to a point in home ownership. But yeah. when you start comparing, when you start putting numbers together from decades, from generational shifts, then you start to really see the truth of it. So I agree. yes, I may have increased my income in the last five years as a minority, but did I decrease my debt? And did I actually increase my net worth? Because I may not have increased my net worth even though I increased my income. Mm. Pay attention to that. Makes, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, 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 that's a thing. Point. That's a thing. So it's very true, right? Like as I've yeah. as I've made more salary, I've also spent more. So yeah, my my debt has gone up a little bit more too. <laughs> debt goes salary. up, <laughs> salary goes up, debt goes up. That's how. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, it, no, but, it's but it's it's because I feel like it's okay. Obviously, it's part of it our fault, obviously, but also at the same time, there's so much more distraction out there. There's much abundance that we want to. No, Experience. our system, our system is made so that we want all of these things. We right? want to consume more. We want to consume more. Very, yeah, yeah. very much is. consumer focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Listen, who listen? Bezos made how much money last year? It's so much money. He's stepping down as a CEO he's, now, and 
he's not splitting that stock. God damn it. He's not doing anything hey, with his it. His wife, his wife took a bunch of it. I know his wife is. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm just saying. She no, earned no, it. I, no, I totally oh, no, no, agree. No, 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 I agree. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not denying I totally that. agree. She earned I'm that. I'm saying that. She took a bunch of those. So I'm like, saying, yeah. She did, but he still Bezos, made. Bezos, the whole, Be Bezos and his wife, and his ex-wife yeah. are banking off of yeah. this pandemic. But, and, and he's still chairman too. Yeah, which is, which is, <laughs> pay attention. Yeah. You, you really got to pay attention to like the moves that are made. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm stepping down, but your chair, sir. He's, he's pulling the Bill Gates move. I'm telling you now. Oh yeah, he's a, he's about to get a uh, free in the world and start figuring out what else he can do through. Yeah, what do you say? What wait, what's going on? He's so he's he's doing the Bill Gates move. So he started a call. So I mean, one one funding. Hang on, what's it called? Oh, he started uh, a charity. Bezos, yeah, Bezos one funding. Hang on, is it, what's it called? One funding. I is he giving away all his money the way? Uh, um, is? It's called Be Bezos Day One Fund. That's what it's called here. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's he's pulling the Bill Gates move. He's he's doing a chairman thing and he's trying to figure out his next step is. Because he doesn't, he needs to figure out how to move his money, and uh, and listen, I'm not saying I'm not bashing about what he's trying to do with his charity. Obviously, because at the end of the day, he rather control his money and do what he wants to do with his charity money than give it to the government. And I we, get it. We it's all were one, yeah. Really. Because we know the government's not efficient enough to spend the money. <laughs> it's just I totally it's, agree. No, nope. you know? not even close. Yeah. So, but, but like I, I'm not against this. Like Bezos Day yeah. One Fund, sure. Uh, it's for it's for uh, young family communities for kids. He's trying to help kids out at the end of the day to build up, uh, to build up pretty much impoverished families. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, I totally like what Bill Gates did, like like creating his own fund and then putting money to things that like could possibly make a difference. Right. Um, right. I think that's a great idea. That like all all of our super super rich people need to be thinking of, um, because honestly, you don't need. So much money right like it's it's great to have a, a super big number next to your name but like it's it's also like you and the rest of your lineage will never use up this money That's it's true. literally how you use it it's yeah. just how you use it and no, they will like bezos will never spend all of his money even if even if he was like the worst like even if he like put everything in like the worst uh investments and then spent all of this stuff there's it's so hard to spend so Listen, many billions of dollars been like 1.3 million a day or something crazy when it worked yeah. out what money you'd have to live off i'm like who spends like 1.3 or 2.5 million in a day how how do you spend that buy a house every day no, no. <laughs> but the, the, like, couple houses. And the, like the numbers couple is like the, the simple return. I think is like what four percent return the on problem, like the problem. The problem with oh, yeah, that yeah, interest in interest. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Just putting money right. in interest. The problem, but, Mike, is that like you buy houses and then those are worth something, and you rent them out, so he's still making money off of them. You'd have to spend them on stuff I mean, that like you have to spend like a million dollars on cars, like brand new cars every yeah, day. Just the money on liability. Just... You have to spend money on liability. Okay, but the thing is that though, obviously. <laughs> doesn't have that in cash keep that in mind guys okay he doesn't have that in cash right so, i know it's, it's it's still liquid though it's yeah. not cash but it's either not you know liquid type some type yeah, of account it's not illiquid money out but, but i'm saying no like okay do you think he just woke up one day i'm done no no well, he's, he's been thinking this for a while i feel like if i was owning amazon for however long i would probably have i'd probably have this in mind that I, this is the way yeah, I'm gonna go plan. out as well. Yeah, eventually I step down. Someone yeah. else takes over. They get whatever whatever salaries there. I still have my hand involved, but now I pivot mm. to other things. I'm I'm done. I'm bored. I'm, I'm bored. surprised. I'm surprised someone like Warren Buffett hasn't 
that down yet. But he's an old school mind kind of guy, though. Different though. There it yeah. is. That's what I'm like Warren's. Not, Warren's not beat for that. He's done. Warren's no. like I'm made my money. I'm fine. I have no, my investment. But but the thing is that with Warren does like if it doesn't work, he passes away. Mm. That's his mind. That's his, that's how it is because he's the type of guy who loves to work. He that's his passion. You mm-hmm. see that though. Yeah, but that's a generational thing. Yeah. They don't how they don't know they don't know how not to work. Yeah. Right. So Warren Buffett doesn't. He doesn't want to do what you know Elon's doing. He doesn't want to do what Bezos is doing. He doesn't want to do what Zuckerberg's yeah, yeah, yeah. doing. But he's yeah. going to continue to do what works for him. Yeah. And, you know, diversify here. There's a couple of young people that he hires to. He actually, he actually brought his team up a little bit more up when he delegated a lot of responsibility. Yeah, he, he's de- delegated a lot out. But yeah. he's not really, he's not but the he, main. Uh, but his focus is still on finding companies that's worthwhile for investing. That's what he's yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So, but with that said in mind, okay, listen, I know we take this too much of time, Liz. All right. So <laughs> before we end this episode. It's fun. Uh, no, definitely be fun. I definitely learned a lot from you, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, the same touch. Okay, first of all, don't be a stranger. Call me anytime, you guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to call you, don't worry. <laughs> After three. Obviously. Don't do well, let me ask you this, though. Um, do you have anything to rant, uh, vent out? Uh, the week we have our free range rant, ranting session, yes. vent session every week. Just to let it go, you know? Just to let it go. Yeah. Man, I already do that so much with my therapist about work. Anyway, um, <laughs> like literally, he, she's very well compensated and well paid for, for those. <laughs> Wells of corporate corporate shenanigans. Um, What's my rant for the week? It could be personal or it could be Man, You know annoying. what my rant is? I, I, I really fucking hate people who reply all the shit. Just my God. Reply all. Oh my God. Not replying all. Like Replying all. <laughs> like that's, it's like two to three hours of don't reply all, but you're replying I love, all. I love that. That's it's like when I was working at Bank of America, that was my favorite thing that happened, right? Someone would send out a mass email and then someone would be like, you know what? Let me reply all. Can you remove me from this list? No. And just reply directly. Hundreds of people send back. <laughs> Can you take me off this list as well? Or please don't respond to all. It starts, it starts, it starts a chain. It starts, it starts a chain. It's like, and I'm just sitting here like, did any of you not see the part where you weren't just reply to the person? Take me off the list. That's that is, it. That is hilarious. Six hours later, someone's responding. Please remove it's me. so funny. I love that is, that that is probably like my funniest rant for this week. That is funny. It did happen. And I, it was just like... <laughs> When I was at Merrill, we used to save all of those. Like, so I would have like a long email chain of of all of these things. And so there was like, maybe I was there for six years, maybe four or five times this happened where like somebody in India would would, like email in the middle of the night, please like reply to all. And then from there, it just like went through the India time into New York (laughs) time, into like uh, Pacific time. And it's like, it was, it would just last forever. It was just so funny to like watch. Yeah, that's just cascading goes forward. That's just- That's That is, that is my, uh, that is my, my best friend. Like I probably have another rant in me, probably about like dating and and COVID, but I'll save that for another time. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough. It's tough though, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Uh, Robert, what's your rant? My rant. Uh, is like you go first. I definitely uh, have one. I don't remember. I like going into this reply all got me off track. So my so so my rant is that I've been looking at a lot of penny stocks and I've been taking <laughs> off profits way too early before the moon. 
And I'm like, oh, I'm happy with 30% profit. Oh, I'm happy with 60% profit, 60% profit. And it moves to like 160, 200, 300%. I'm like, God damn it. You know, I'm like, come on. I'm like, you know I'm what, just Mike? <laughs> you know what, Mike? <laughs> I could go on a rant about how I'm upset that you keep complaining about this. Because every <laughs> single stock you you get out of, you're like, oh man, today it went up to like a hundred percent up. And you I'm gotta like, be patient, Mike. I'm like, Mike, if you're happy with thirty percent, be happy with thirty percent, right? Don't like, don't be. I don't get greedy. I don't get greedy, Liz. Okay, I I learned not to get greedy. Except that often. he complains about his greed. <laughs> Listen, but you still got to hold. You still, especially on penny stocks, because of the way that works. Like, I that's not my area of expertise. But I, <laughs> yeah. you got it. You gotta like. You gotta like. Okay, you just gotta give it a little time, just a little bit of time. It's, it's funny yeah. because he'll sell at thirty percent, right? He'll like he'll have. I'll sell some. I'll sell some. Say a hundred hundred shares, right? And he'll sell fifty at thirty percent up, and then it'll go up to like way more, and he'll be like, "Man, I can't believe I sold half of my stuff at this." I'm like, bro, you took your, <laughs> you took what you wanted, like and you still be made happy a with your decision, and you're making money. Like, just stop complaining. <laughs> About, I guess I guess uh, I hate regrets sometimes, you know. Yeah, you you are super you, you, you're super FOMO, but you won't like go in on it. That's it. You're like super I, FOMO on like what you missed. My, you, my, you my, gotta my pull the trigger and walk away. You gotta yeah. pull the trigger and walk away. My risk tolerance number has gone to nine to seven now. That's you know, <laughs> it feel it doesn't feel like that, Mike. <laughs> Like, he's definitely living on the edge and he's just like so yeah. wait how much did i lose like, listen pull the trigger walk away mike yeah. invest in the next thing okay right. i think you should just stop looking at looking at it after you get out um and not and and like have no regrets on what you've moved out because that was a strategic decision you should, that's true you should this, like take it in as that no right? that, that, that is my plan though I, I don't get greedy i learned that the hard way right you know what i'm text, i'll take some prop in the beginning to mm -hmm. make you know you just play with the house money in a sense, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So I, I should, and I try to hard to stick by my plan. That's yeah. No, and, and that's good. Like your plan is good. Yeah. I just don't want to hear you complaining about He wants you to stop Because your plan is good. Like it's a good plan. You take out what you need. Don't say that you should have kept it in because you would never have kept it in. Right. That's like that's, that's really what happened. So no regrets, man. Just so, as long was, as you make was, money. Was no that your rant? Robert, was that your rant? No, my rant is that like I am. <laughs> All right. Well, I was, the, the like that was that was a that was a good counter rant for me. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but my rant is that I am officially getting rid of all of the boxes uh, that I am using to prop up this whole thing. Right. <laughs> so like, what what I've been doing is I got I get Amazon packages every day, so I get Amazon boxes and I put everything up and lift everything up based on boxes. So I have like thousand dollar worth of uh technology on these paper like paper boxes, boxes that could fall over any minute so i'm like uh yeah i'm i'm getting out of this this whole thing and it looks it? horrible did, i i uh, did you buy like a little desk thingy to race it yeah up? so i'm i'm buying like laptop and like razors and yeah, like, like monitor <laughs> razors and stuff so that like yeah. everything's up but it's not like Stable. it's not like amazon boxes that i'm using I it's had like, dirty. It's dirty. It? Yeah, that's true. Dirty. It's dirty. It's dirty. Yeah, it's dirty, and it's it doesn't look bad. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I had my my uh my cleaner come 
and I was like, oh shoot, my whole setup is here, but it's all like these brown boxes that like <laughs> that look horrible. And I like, I don't know, he's gonna judge me so much about like how I don't like want to buy a cleaner. She cleaned your space. I sincerely doubt that that's she the cares. thing. That's Seriously, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> she's like, I'm his cleaner, and yet, why is he using these brown, ugly boxes? To lift all this stuff. Why I got some great. Yeah. You got an old school Brooklyn, New York DJ set up with the crates here, Robert. Right. What's going on, man? No, like if I had crates, I would like that better than these Amazon yeah. packages that I'm putting like, stuff on. We all we all went to college. We all went to that one sketch frat party with the crates. Yeah, and the DJ yeah, thing. Yeah, true. Yeah. What, what's going on? No, I wish I had crates. That's what I. I <laughs> wish I had crates. All right. <laughs> All right, all right. So, Liz, uh, before we part away, is there one advice you'd like to give to our listeners from your, you know, mortgage side, real estate mindset to folks who are first time planning to buy a home for first time? Just wondering. Um, get organized and consult a housing counselor, no matter what, how much money you make. So, no if you make a lot of money, make. talk to a a, a a financial planner. If yeah. you don't make a whole lot of money, find a housing counselor. On HUD, on so, HUD. What, so what is a housing counselor a little bit more? Sorry, just for people. Housing counselor, that's a person who will go through, they will run through the educational process of getting ready, making a budget, okay. saving, getting yeah. ready to buy a home. They will also tell you the type of grant programs that are available as a first-time home buyer in okay. whatever state you live in. So you can go to HUD.gov yeah. and you can search housing counselors, HUD approved housing counselors. That's a wealth of knowledge. So you hear things more than once. Okay, that's good to hear that. And now you like to pimp anything now? Oh, do I like to pimp? Oh my God. You mean you don't <laughs> want to do sales? And yeah, yeah, you want to. Yeah. Um, listen, you, listen yeah. you guys can find me on Instagram, Medicine to Mortgages. Um, it's going to be up there above us. We're going yeah. to have to. Oh, yeah. It's, it's in there yeah. somewhere. My bad, you guys. Yeah. I was <laughs> no worries. Um, this sweatshirt will be coming very soon. It actually is available, but I'm doing a rebranding right now. So okay. um, that's about it. Email me. Text me before 7 p.m. Monday through Friday if you have questions about the mortgage. Called you up, called you up 7 a.m.? Got it. Okay, yep. got it. 7 uh, okay, all right. Um, I'm only talking to Jesus at that point, so you'll get a side <laughs> But well, yeah, that's, that's about it. All right. Well, well, well uh, we want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, yep. I want everyone who's on YouTube to smash that like button, subscribe to, to, our, pod, uh, to our channel, and you can hear all of our podcasts. Uh, anyone listening on Apple Music or any of the podcast apps, you can leave us a review, add comments, send us, tell us what your, tell us your plan, like all of your your financial plans and how you're how you're building generational wealth. Um, and then don't forget to check out our website, www.gfothoughts.com, and you can hear all of our episodes there. Well, Liz, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you everybody for listening. Until Thank next you time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Have all a good right. one. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gluten-Free Organic Thoughts Podcast. As always, we appreciate you. If you are watching us on YouTube, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, like this episode, and leave us a comment. If you are listening to us, please leave us your honest review on your preferred podcast listening platform. And as always, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at GFOTThoughts. Drop a comment and give us some feedback. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, see you then.